Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Oh, Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, and Chris Watkins, the home of the Pacific Division Champions. Woo! Sacramento Kings, just like we all thought before the start of the NBA season that the mm-hmm. Kings on April 5th, 2023 would be sitting ahead of the Clippers. What? Ahead of the Lakers. What? Ahead of the Suns. What? Ahead of the Warriors. What? They are the top of the Pacific Division. Mm. Pretty sweet. Too sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Pretty dope. So good to be with you guys today. we got a jam-packed show with Chris Watkins. Mm. We got our guy Combo back and the one and only, the icon, the legend, Jerry Reynolds with us live today. Jerry, believe it or not, the last time the Kings won the division was 82 years old. So it's just, it's wild how time flies. Why, I mean, why it's you got to do that? Why you got to do that? Honestly, do he's joining our show today. Why you got to do that? Why does that have to seem like it's a shot? He's still alive and kicking. I would make him kicking. 102 years old today. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, what? I mean, no, like the context. How, how of, old was he in, in uh, 2003 then? In 2003, I might be off by so two to three years. I'm gonna guess Chris? 60 years old. Is he even 80? No, he's probably like younger than 80. So he was probably like 57. I would say not 57. <laughs> I would say not 57, really? but I would also say not 82. Uh, I always think Jay- I would definitely say somewhere in between 57 and 82. For some reason, he was. Oh, how old? Anyone, any okay. last guess? Okay. I'm going to guess 57. Right, 63. 63? 57? Yeah. Uh, 70. 70? I don't know. He was 59. He was 59? I told you. Yeah, he looks so old back then, too. Oh, my God. No, he looks younger now. Okay. No, you know, he has aged well. Can I be, I'm going to be honest about something, too. Jason Ross, ever since I met him, I've always thought he was just like in his late 30s. I don't know why, but Interesting. It, always, yeah. always. And I don't, and it's been like now, what? <laughs> I know this fool has something yeah, to what, say. Yeah, what? <laughs> Jason has looked like he's in his mid 40s since 92. Okay. <sighs> so, yay. Enough about that. That's how long it's been. The you Kings. They had talk hair with last, Mr. Pimple. Jason Ross had hair last time. Do you the see Kings this pimple on his face? So, um, also, we're all yeah, like going over so. that Chris thinks that. Jerry Reynolds is 90 years old. <laughs> I was just spitball. Yeah. I was just, I don't know. We that was just pretty rough. We were joking and you were being serious with your guests. It was kind of offensive, to be honest. Say you're sorry. sorry. I'm sorry, Jerry. That was so uncalled for. Well, yesterday Jokes on the show, we were talking about how we wanted to see, well, at least I wanted to see a statement game. I mm-hmm. wanted to see the Kings come out and look like a team that was irritated by what happened at home against the San Antonio Spurs. They got to a slow start. It was 14 to 4, but they're playing defense. What a statement victory by the Kings yesterday. That was big time stuff. A great bounce back. Mm-hmm. And um, probably their most complete. I know Mike Brown said the same thing their most complete win of the season. Yeah, it definitely felt like it was. They answered with defense, which to me was was the best part about the game. Uh, their shots, you mentioned the shots weren't falling to start the game, but they kept that same level of defensive intensity, and eventually the shots started falling as they tend to with this team. And, uh, yeah, they, they got a great win. I mean, the, yesterday New Orleans – by the way, New Orleans crowd yesterday huh. pretty weak. I, weak. I saw. Uh, I looked Weird. up the attendance and the capacity. About two thousand unsold seats, and 
felt like I there was you. nobody in that they crowd. They care about the Pelicans. And like that's a very important game for New Orleans. I mean, they came yeah. in yesterday. They could have been a, a playoff team if they get that win. The Kings are the number three seed in the West. Like There was real stakes behind that game. Not much of a turnout. What an awful feeling for, I mean, just an organization and yeah, like right. the vibes, right? But So they've but, changed their name. They've been beyond average throughout mm-hmm. their history in New Orleans. There's just not a deep connection. Yeah, there's not a deep connection. And I loved every moment of it because they look dumb having all those empty seats. Ha ha. <laughs> and on top of that, the Kings capitalized on mm-hmm. everything that wasn't working for them. And I mean, they created a lot of the troubles for the Pelicans yesterday. Just the way that they were playing defensively once they really started making those adjustments, the way that they would fill in the gaps, right? And not allow CJ McCollum or BI to attack those gaps mm-hmm. well. And they would blitz BI and then make life so much harder in within their decision making. The ball pressure was just yeah. phenomenal from De'Aaron Fox to Davion Mitchell. Mm. I mean when you see everyone locked in like that, but then on top of all that guys, Mike Brown talked about it. Every guy all five guys on the floor seemed like they were just on a string defensively. Yes, it's it's pretty wild what you can accomplish with team defense if you're mm-hmm. doing it right. Yeah. I think the thing, too, that I was happy to see with them playing defense was that the offense didn't seem to really, you know, be affected by it at all. You would think, you know, they haven't really played much or that level of defense all year. Maybe they're giving a little bit more intensity, a little more effort defensively maybe they're a little more tired on the offensive end no they still put up 121 points still were incredibly efficient able to get into their stuff and you know it was like Mike Brown said it was just such a complete win all the way through um and yeah the the defense was was incredible from De'Aaron from Davion who I think Dyson Daniels is still having nightmares about him uh Kessler Edwards I thought did incredible when matched up on Brandon Ingram I, I loved it. I loved to see the defensive intensity. I thought Alex Len brought something Dude. again defensively as well. Yep. Just a great a great statement win. Like they they really did put their stamp down and they they dominated that game and didn't leave much much to uh much to the imagination. Yeah, I I just loved what they brought. And now you look at the home versus road numbers again. Right. Want the updated ones? Kings on the road now. Are tied with the second most road wins in the NBA. Okay. With the Celtics. Wow. For the second most. Milwaukee's number one. They are now number two in offensive rating on the road. (laughs) And they propelled themselves to number eight in defensive rating on the road. Damn. Okay. Also the only Western Conference team with a winning record on the road, which is incredible (laughs) because not only are they above 500, they're what, 13, 11. 12 games above 500. I think are something. They I think they're 26 and did they get? The I think they're 25 and 25 14. and 14. I could so be yeah. wrong. I don't know. Yeah, and and that's why when you look at these numbers too, I think it's. I, I'm not. I don't live and die by analytics. Like I do believe that sometimes there are people who just go, "Well, there's no way they're going to win if their defense is this rating," and it's like, "Oh, let, let's calm down, nerd." But um, I I do I you do see these numbers and how it is translating into the way that this King squad is playing and especially how they're performing when they are on the road. And I think it's not fluky and it's very telling to what type of team they are. And so when people do have the argument, like what are the Kings defensively? What? And it's like, 
you're a casual. And I get that. They be, there's there's some teams that I don't know about. Like even going into the Pelicans game, I didn't realize until the day of when I was doing some of my homework that they were, you know, six in defensive rating. Mm-hmm. And just like I knew that they were playing well, but I didn't realize that their defense had been doing that well too. So it was really cool to see that the Kings uh, took on a good defense last night and still kept growing those numbers. They took the lead at the end of the first quarter and literally never looked back. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Pelicans made a little cute, cute little run, but the Kings were locked in. And it was just, I mean, obviously the offense when it gets going is special, but it goes to show you, you get some stops, then the Kings offense becomes even more elite. Right. The ball was moving around. Uh, after the game, Chris Biederman had a piece on the win, and he noted that the Kings had a rough film session going over their defensive lapses in that loss to Spurs, which helped set the tone for Tuesday's game on the road. Uh, Fox says, it wasn't long, but it was brutal. Kevin Herter says, it was productive. It wasn't kumbaya kumbaya film session. He got on some guys, and we know we needed to be better. We talk about the wake-up call. Maybe that's exactly what they needed. You hate that you would need a wake-up call this late in the year, and it sucks that it had to happen on your home floor. But if this is what gets the Kings going, like, oh, we're going to get our asses kicked in the playoffs if we play like we did against the Spurs. Mm -hmm. But if you play like you did last night, you're winning a series. I know, Deuce, just that, you know, like it sucks that you need a wake-up call. I think think sometimes what we have to realize is that – They've been playing good basketball for pretty consistently throughout this year. Their their record shows it. Um, obviously, some of their numbers show it, and everything. And I just think it's it's totally normal to have those wake up call moments mm-hmm. for a team. And what's great about the Kings, you don't see those wake up call moments like end up being a streak, right? A, whether it's a losing streak or crappy yeah, yeah. basketball they streak. They get out of it fast. And yeah. that's what I think is just like so, so cool about them. But I also think you got to give a lot of love and credit to Mike Brown for doing that. Yeah, I definitely think the wake-up call is pr- – if I'm glad that it happened when it did. It's kind of a perfect time for it to happen, kind of a perfect opponent for it to happen against. It didn't really affect the standings too much. But uh, the fact that they're able to now play three – what I – would call three consecutive really high stakes games for their opponents after that is really encouraging for me. And I'm excited to see how they respond tonight against Dallas as well. A Dallas team that has their backs to the wall. Golden state really needs that win on Friday. So I'm glad that they realize that they need to kind of lock in defensively before playing those opponents, because now we can get possibly a three game sample size here of what the Kings would look like in a playoff intensity kind of moment. Second, I have a back-to-back for the Kings in Dallas. Uh, Vegas has a spread. The latest one I saw was at six-and-a-half-point mm-hmm. favorites for the Dallas Mavericks. Makes you wonder, <laughs> makes you wonder, well, do they know what? something we don't? Maybe the Kings are electing to this sit some guys tonight. Well, Matt Barnes talked about that last night on the post-game show. Like, you know, is this what Mike Brown does uh, going forward? Not only for this game, but even for the last game of the season against the Nuggets. And it makes me cringe a little because I'm like, no, get to that 5-0. Get to that 5-0. To be honest, I think Mike Brown's probably looking at the way Dallas has been playing defensively going, I could put... I could put Doug Christie and Lindsey Harding in there and we could score 120. Dude, that is I true. I mean, they could ball and that that Dallas true. can't stop anyone. Great point. So Great point. maybe that's it. So stupid. Um, all right, we'll talk more about this coming up. And what was going on the last time the Kings won a division? We'll talk about that much more. It's Deuce and Mo with Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports, 1140 and com.
going with this song. This is my karaoke song. Oh, no, it's not. 369. Damn it, fine. Oh, yeah. Suck it to me one more time. Get low. Get low. Get low. Get low. To the window. To the wow. What version is this? To the sweat drop down, Mike. And falls. And falls. And falls. And is falls. that what it says? Yeah. So stupid. Oh, how about kicking Murray last night? <laughs> It was amazing in New Orleans. It's not working. Love that. Uh, is it? Oh, I might have turned it off when I was doing the show. Is the button? Keegan Murray, how you doing, man? Keegan Murray ahead of Sabonis, kicks to Herter in the right corner, can't get a shot, out to Keegan, steps into another three, there it is, number 200 for the rookie this season, only the fifth Sacramento King to score 200 three-pointers in a regular season in King's history, 86-73, he's now got 18 in this ballgame. Keegan Murray was red hot in last night's Kings win over the Pelicans, knocking down five of his seven threes in that third quarter. He was money. He was a flamethrower. Someone dropped the Murray flurry, and I kind of like that. It was a Murray flurry. I Do you like, like it. that? I don't love it. Is it like a McFlurry? Murray for three. Like a flurry of threes. Oh, like, I, my brain this. goes to the sweets. I know. Is, Is it, it a, a McFlurry? Where, where's the McFlurries at? <laughs> what about a blizzard? Are we McFlurry? <laughs> um... Mm. Pretty significant. Over 200 threes. I love the stat the Stat Muse put out last night. There are five players this season in the NBA who have hit over 200 threes on 40-plus percent from three-point land. Who are those? Steph Curry. Okay. Clay Thompson. Okay. Buddy Heald. <clears throat> Kevin Herter. Be nice. And Keegan Murray. What? Two, two of those... Two of those. Two of those on the Kings, and one of them a rookie in the <sighs> NBA. Keegan Murray, 200-plus threes. One of my favorite things about this is that Monty McNair knew that the Kings needed shooting. They knew that the Kings needed defense. They need they need wing depth. They needed things. But, like, honestly, in this day and age in the league, we always talk about how that skill set, being able to have shooters that you can depend on, how important that is, not only for a guy like De'Aaron Fox who can penetrate in the paint and create and collapse a defense, but who can hit their shots on the outside. Two of Two of those guys with that stat from the Sacramento Kings, I mean, he really answered so many of Sacramento's problems by adding shooting with a rookie and with a guy stealing a guy from Atlanta. That was a huge problem last I mean, immediately after they made the Tyrese Halliburton trade, they had they sacrificed all of their shooting. I mean, Tyrese and Buddy were the were their two best <laughs> shooters last wow, year. Wow, Justin Holiday's on the phone. Fu- oh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He's still there. That, that, that call dropped. Um, <laughs> they had no shooting coming into this year before the additions of Kevin and, and Malik. And, you know, you could, TD was probably their best shooter on the team. And, yeah, for, for Monty to go back to the draft, for him to have, I don't know if you want to call it the foresight, the the cojones, whatever, to decide that I'm going to – it's not a popular decision to take fit and need – in the NBA draft, especially not at the number four spot. When you're at the number four spot, you're looking for talent. You're looking for upside. You're not looking for what's going to help your team immediately. And Monty recognized that, no, we this fills a, an immediate need for us. This is a guy who has an elite skill, which we desperately need. And, you know, Keegan Murray's a pretty good player, too. There's still some things that we've seen yeah. this year that he can build on, and he's a legitimate talent. So I, I, I think huge credit to him for having, having the foresight to make that pick. I felt like, like that – that draft narrative, the pre-draft narrative on that was completely overblown. Like, 
I understand if some people felt like Jane Ivey's ceiling was a little higher than Keegan Murray's, but I don't think the Kings went. They, of course, they thought he could fit and help them now, but I think they legitimately think he's going to be the better player. It wasn't. And there are people in the NBA who felt that way. You know, the Spurs were trying to move up to get Keegan Murray. Uh, the Pacers were trying to move up to get Keegan Murray. I think there are teams around the NBA that w- were like, wait, a six eight guy who's got the ability to shoot it, space the floor. Mm-hmm. He's got some – he's not just a one-trick pony. He can mm-hmm. defend a little bit. Okay, let, I Coachable. love that. Coachable. Great guy. <laughs> wants to above. win. And that's the other thing I, I've loved so much about Keegan Murray's season is like, yeah, he's knocked down 200 threes on 400-plus attempts. Have you ever watched a game like, oh, Keegan's really forcing it tonight? Not a single time. No. Not a single time <laughs> have I ever thought Keegan is doing too much. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's incredible. I, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite things. I talk about it all the time of just like him having a lot of the times, especially with rookies, they're doing too much. They're trying to prove themselves. They're trying to whatever. They're just trying to do too much. They don't understand that the NBA game isn't as free when, you know, you can't just do what you've done your entire life. And Keegan – this entire season has only done what the coaches have asked. When coaches have, when Mike Brown has called him out and asked him to do more, he's always responded, always done it with a smile. Never, I mean, not necessarily with a smile, but not not, not upset, um, not a frown, yeah, not a frown either. Uh, but he he's been incredibly coachable all year, and I think that's any single coach would take that from a rookie. And uh, the Keegan, it feels wrong even calling Keegan a rookie because yeah. he does not. Nothing about his game and how he carries himself off the floor is anything like a, a rookie is. And granted, you know, he's an older rookie, but even then you don't see guys carry themselves the way he does. Dude, and just another moment to, I mean, give some love to the the front office. It, you think about, and I've said this before to you, Deuce, about how there's so many people who feel the pressure and go along with the narrative of what people want for your team, what people are saying is going to be the next it guy in the league. And when you believe in your talents as a a scout, a basketball mind, and, and truly what your team needs, you're going to make the right choice and the right decision for your organization. And that's what I just, I love about this because there has been backlash so many times, even at the trade deadline. I mean, I, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't crapping on them, but I it, I felt fear because I'm on the outside looking in and I felt fear when I saw the Lakers get supposedly better. I mean, they did. Like, they're, yeah, yeah. they're better right now. And and I saw other teams get Kevin Durant in the West and, you know, and, and just how teams were evolving in the Western Conference. Clippers made a ton of moves. Clippers, yeah. exactly. And, I mean, even even with the Memphis Grizzlies, Luke Kennard, you know, I just was like, mm-hmm. wow, and the Kings got Kessler Edwards yeah. and $2 million. And really just taking a step back and going, oh, like he understood the assignment. He understood Mm -hmm. what it was going to take to keep this team together, the chemistry together, but to also make a small tweak. It's been a lot of fun to watch. And it's just been one of those seasons you look back and I know it's a Pacific division and people, it's it's a divisions don't matter. But to be honest, when you haven't done something in 20 years, like it does matter. And you celebrate the wins like this. You celebrate these moments. Uh, I, I don't know that, in 2003, when the Kings won the division last time, we were going, well, it's gonna, <laughs> yeah. hey, it's going to be another 20 years before they win another one. You just you think it's just going to keep going. Success, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, when the Kings made the conference finals in 2002 and lost to the Lakers in Game 7, you're going, they'll get back there? Right. They never got back there. So enjoying these like milestones throughout a year, it, it's a big deal. 
Pacific Division is tough, too. I know nobody... I know. There's, there's no point in talking about... I can't tell you who's in the Eastern-centric division at all, but... I'm, the what division is yeah, that? The East-centric? East-centric. Yeah, I, I like that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't tell you. I can't even tell you what the names of the divisions are, clearly. Um, but... The, the Pacific Division has the Suns. It has the Warriors, who have been one of the best teams of this era, if not probably the best. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers, who have tradition of being great. The Clippers, who have turned things around this generation. Like, There's a lot of really good teams in the West, and it does mean something, especially for the Kings, to go from where they were for the past 16, 17 years yeah. to then go to straight on top. Well, and that's and just one more thing to do is because I, I look at this situation, I would laugh because I'm like, I don't give a damn about division, championship, like whatever. And then you realize when you're in it and you actually have a chance to win and be a division champion, right. it's in you have obviously witnessed so much um, failure over the years. I get why this is such a cool moment, yeah. and I feel it all, and I am very accepting of all yes. this. All it doesn't mean you don't too. want more either, sure. right? right? Of course, sure. we all strive to see this team win a championship. <laughs> yeah. We're not satisfied, but you can appreciate it. Also, appreciate the fact that before the season, there were 250 to 1 odds yep. to win the Pacific Division. It went up to as high as 400 to 1. It's pretty wild stuff. Uh, we got to take a break on the radio side. We always stay live on the YouTube page. You can go there, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo with Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports 1140 at SacktownSports.com. Wow, is this from 2003? It is. Wow, songs from 2003, the last time. The Kings won the Pacific Division. Pretty wild. I was looking this up, too. Pacific Division winners over the years. Pacific Division winners over the years. Um, The Kings, by the way, surpassed the Clippers yesterday for most Pacific Division titles. The Clippers have two. (laughs) Could you imagine? Imagine having two Pacific Division titles. Oh, hey, how's that, Steve Ballmer? Mickey Mouse franchise. Clown. My favorite thing about being a Sacramento Kings fan and the come up is just being overly petty and stupid toward other franchises. Because, you know, they can all show like, we got the rings, we got the rings. Oh, yeah, but what about this year? We're light years ahead. We're winning 40 guy was just like emblematic of all Kings fans. Dude, totally. What a time. Yeah. What an epic year. And if you want to look deeper with the Pacific Division, uh, since in, in the last 20 years, the team who has won the Pacific Division has advanced past the first round every time except one time. And you have to go back to the 2012-13 Clippers. If you go back to 93-94, the other team that did not get out of the first round who won the Pacific Division, the Seattle Supersonics, who lost to the 8-seed Denver Nuggets. I... I- one versus eight matchup. I think you got mixed up there. Was that like an ABA or like a minor league? Ooh. You're talking about the, the Sonics. They, so the Sonics used to be a team who played in the NBA. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're so stupid. Oh, my God. Well, either way, um, does that stat alone give me hope that the Kings could get out of the first round? And you're going to get this work in the postseason? No. Because this Western Conference 
is not like anything I feel like we've ever seen before. And I say that, you look at each team, half a game behind this, half a game game over here. It is so smushed together, and I'm sure. So you're saying it means nothing. Would I just reference the fact in the last 20 years, (laughs) only one of the teams have not advanced past the first round of the Clippers. You're saying, that doesn't matter. I'm crumbling it up and throwing it away. No, I think it gives me some hope, but Mm. at the same time, it it doesn't matter. I, it just, you it look matter. at this Western Conference and you're like, this is also different. Like, right. when was the last time all these teams were bunched up like this? Right. I don't know the answer. I'm not going to do the work. Yeah, no, I mean, you're you're completely right. It is it is a phenomenal stat. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, with, with just how the West is shaping up this year, like, the 2-7 matchup is usually one that that is between two completely different teams. You know, usually the two seed is really good and the seven seed just barely squeezes in because they you know, aren't a good team in this season. It's It feels like that the bottom of the Western Conference is all just teams that had to deal with injuries all year and are now kind of getting healthy at the right time. So what stat do you put more stock in? This stat from the last 20 years, all but one have advanced per, past the first round, or the Deuce's grandma curse? Uh, uh, mm. My grandma, uh, the, the Kings were 0-4 this season. Okay. They lost to the Grizzlies for that fourth loss to start 0-4. Okay. She died that night. Oh, God. Okay. They've won 48 games since then. Since, like, was so it, she sacrificed herself. I, or was she kind of holding them back in a way? <laughs> what what <laughs> thoughts do you put, Chris? <laughs> I I would say that the curse of your grandmother is probably uh, mm. the more legitimate stat. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So if I had to. So had to. Grandma you, Judy. You're happy she died. Um, so if I would have said before the season, if I, no, 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 if I would have said before the season, if I would have said before the season that the Kings would make the playoffs and win the division, but Deuce's grandma would have to die. You'd be like, I would say better him than me. You would take it. Yeah. Yeah. If she was, you would take it. If she was down, if she was down, like, you know, I I lived a good life, you know, whatever. She was down. (laughs) I know. I was kind of, she was on board. (laughs) See you guys. I'm good. Uh, you laugh so you I'm don't sure cry. she just is peace, glad Judy. that you're happy. Yeah. You know, she's glad that her sacrifice has has led to a lot of happiness for you. My favorite thing is that we're calling her old age and health problems sacrifice. I love this so much. <laughs> yes, this is why she had to go. Yeah. Thank you, Grandma Judy, <laughs> for giving it. yourself up and Hang allowing the king. It, yeah. Her name needs to yeah. be on the bottom corner of that banner. When they get back to going on one center Friday, I want to thank you, Judy Chan. Thank you, you Judy. Judy. Ba, like, ba, the ba, fans ba, are ba. going, what is Mark Jones on the broadcast? I'm not sure why the Kings are, <laughs> fans are chanting, thank you, Judy. Um, unclear oh who Judy God. is at the moment. Um, Let's make it happen. Kings yes. and Mavericks tonight. I, I think I mentioned this. I can't remember if you I did. mentioned it during the break. No, no, on air. It was on air? Mm-hmm. Do you think the Kings, do you, are you cool if the Kings sit players tonight? Potentially, they're six and a half point dogs right now, and it sounds like Luka and Kyrie are probable. Yeah, it's not the worst thing if they do, but I personally would rather see them play it out. I would like to see them play all the way through Friday. I I think Sunday's game against the, the Nuggets will kind of be uh, both teams waving the white flag, and there's not really much at stake there, but... I want to see the Kings win tonight. I want to see them again play a playoff, a team that has playoff aspirations and will have a certain level of energy. I want to see how they play against them. And I want to see the Warriors come in in a very important game for them. I want to see the Kings try and get 50 wins and send a message to Golden State. Be like, Draymond, we heard you talking. We heard you want to play us. Well, we're going to show you what playing us means. And then he's going to be like, okay, I'll just see you in the playoffs and beat you. 
That's very fair. <laughs> you just send a message, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I just think... I, I like it. I, I think like a it. big part of these last games is just mentality. I just want these guys to be in the mentality of, you guys are good. You don't want to... If you sit the last the rest of these games, you don't want to, like, lose four of your last five heading into the postseason. Just not... You know, you, you, want it, you want your success to feel as recent as possible. Well, and to be honest... The number two seed still up for, still grabs, up for grabs, as EJ it's in the there. chat was saying on YouTube. It's there. Memphis plays New Orleans tonight. They okay. do. Second half back-to-back for both teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Pelicans, Pelicans win that game. The Kings beat the Mavs tonight. Yep. The Kings are a game out of number two. And if they were able to tie them at the end of the season, I know it's unlikely. The Kings have the tiebreaker. Yeah. So the Kings yeah. could get the number two seed. It's still there, and I think you have to play for it. They yeah. have uh, New Orleans, Milwaukee, and OKC left. And it's so tough to know what teams are going to do. Like, this Milwaukee right. sit exactly. there? Guys, yeah. all that. And the Kings have, of course, tonight against Dallas, home Friday night against the Golden State Warriors, and their final game of the year against the Denver Nuggets. At, like, 12.30. 12.30. All teams, yep. by the way, playing yep. early that at the same time, pretty much. Um, By the way... What the hell is up with the Denver Nuggets? I think Jokic officially lost the in the MVP race after yeah. last night. They've had too many bad losses. They lost to the Rockets last night after the game. Mike Brown, Mike Brown, Michael Malone called out his team in a big way. Morgan, what did he say? He says, "If that's how we're going to play, we'll be out in the first round." Oh. When we don't do our jobs, there's accountability. And I speak the truth. I just called our team soft, and I dared someone to challenge me. No one did because we as a group were soft tonight. Mm. I'm not saying we are soft, but tonight we were. Damn. Well, you know what's interesting? He sounds like our Mike, um, who just was talking about the Kings and their mentality being a soft mentality and mm-hmm. it needing to change. And, yeah, you. I like when these coaches are calling out their teammates, but you know that he's not just saying it to say it. Like, yeah. there's there's substance there. There's something else that he is feeling from his squad that he knows that they're capable of so much more. Now, I know Jamal Murray went down mm-hmm. early on in that game, yeah. ended up only playing nine minutes, but then you look at Jokic's numbers too, 25 minutes and, like, um, was missing everything from deep and just not a big game from him and losing to the Houston Rockets down the stretch while you're playing your guys. Not great. It's a bad not loss. Good. It's a bad yeah, loss. It's not great. One update, Tim McMahon over at ESPN is reporting that the Grizzlies will likely rest John Morant and Luke Kennard tonight against the Pelicans. Although, Tim says Memphis has a firm grip on the West number 2 seed, so it makes sense. They do not. They do not have a firm grip. Kings have the tiebreaker as well. You should tweet him and let him know. Tim, you're wrong. (laughs) I mean, it's unlikely. I mean, the odds are Memphis can still close it out, but it can get tight tonight. Do you think that's like King's disrespect right there? He's like, oh, they have a- I think it's just not paying attention to what's mm. happening. Mm. So. <laughs> Whatever. Former friend of the show, Mike Malone, right? Michael Malone. Michael Malone. Michael um, Malone. Yes. Former, well, he's still a friend. He's still I mean, a friend. yeah, but just hasn't. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, now he's been replaced by Mike Brown yeah. as my favorite. Yeah. So. For sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, he's, it's Adelman, Mike Brown. Malone. Yeah. There was there was a guy a, a Kings fan that got Mike Brown tattooed on his body. I saw that. Oh, are you kidding me? I would do that in a heartbeat. Like I was like, why did I not think of that? Like You're, I have to get okay. the, You're going to get a tattoo, right? Should, yeah, but should I get Mike Mike Brown's face More instead as well. of No, no, oh my you, God, no, you should so do both. Cute. You you I have to do that, but yeah, get Mike Brown, Morgan. Definitely. I'm not, not going to do. do both. Mm, have, funny how that works. Interesting. I literally if the doing Kings a win lion. the NBA championship, will you get t- Mike Brown tattooed <laughs> on your body? I should just say yes. Just I, say yes. Um, just say yes. What's wrong? Just say yes. Well, I'd have to One, two, three. Yes. No, I have to see if my dainty little tattoo artist could do that small somewhere. No, no, but where was 
pride. They're the champs. I would wear it with pride. I'm getting it tatted on my body. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? So right. is that a yes? Um, I had to check with my tattoo Okay, artist. so if the Kings don't win the championship, we broke it. We The Kings made the playoffs with Deuce's grandma's curse yeah. being lifted. But now the Morgan tattoo curse. There is no curse there, sweetheart. <laughs> Uh, all right, coming up next, we're going to take a trip down memory lane. Um, and at noon, we've got Jerry Reynolds stopping Ooh. by. It's Deuce and Mo with Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports 1140 and SacktownSports.com. <laughs> oh, man. This music. Kings win. Garrett Temple within bounds. The final seconds will tick away. And the Sacramento Kings have just won a Pacific Division championship for the third time in their now 38-year history in Sacramento. The victory tonight of 121-103 clinches the Pacific Division title. It also gives the Kings their 25th road win of the year, which equals an all-time Sacramento Kings best. Good things happening here with three games yet to go in this season. 121-103. The Kings get the victory. Get the victory. Big time stuff from the Sacramento Kings. The G-Man on the call. And that music in the background. Missy Elliott talking about Mm. like, that song does ages perfectly. Icon. Everything. I mean, like almost all of her songs age perfectly. Like timeless. Just absolutely iconic. Well, Well, let's go back to 2003. The last time the Kings won the division was in 2003. Okay. Uh, top movies from April twenty two or two thousand three. April two thousand three. Top movies. Okay, two thousand three. So I'm just going into. Okay, I'm gonna go with. I don't think you're gonna get any of these, but it's okay. Love Actually. No. Was that la- after? I think I don't that was after. Um. Okay. Let's go with. Um. Ooh, America's Sweetheart. No. Do you no, even no, know no. what that is? No, no but that was not 2003, I don't think. Um, yeah, I'm talking about the one with Julia Roberts. and uh, I only knew this because I did some preliminary research, but uh, Lord of the Rings is on there. Right? Yeah, not in April 2003. I went specific, not just a big yeah. 2003. Oh, you went April. I said April 2003. Just let me repeat it. April 2003. I'm very unaware of when Lord yeah. of the Rings dropped that year. So please. Was it a summer matinee? Um, so, top movie. Can you give then. us the genre? Yeah, can we, yeah. Can we get some hints here? Like. Uh, there's a comedy, uh, a thriller, and a kids movie. American Pie oh, Two. A thriller, great guess. And a kids movie. We will go. Scream. Scary movie. No. no. Any of the scary movies? Uh, scary movie two. Num- uh, the, the number one movie, April two thousand three, was Anger Management. Remember oh. that oh, with Adam Sandler and Jack okay. Nicholson. I went to the movie theaters yeah. to see that movie. That was two thousand. That was okay. 2003. Wow. I I remember seeing the movie. I don't remember much about it. I don't remember. Was anything it a letdown? Well, the big thing from it is the gif. What's uh, the gif? The, gif the Jack, Jack Nicholson, where he's yeah. like, ah. yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. That's right. Uh, number two, a movie that probably doesn't age well at all. Phone booth. Remember phone booth? <laughs> where is that where you couldn't in, leave? You got trapped yeah. in the phone booth. <laughs> yeah. Those tra- the whole movie is at the phone booth. <laughs> Those trailers used to terrify me as a kid. I was like, this guy's really just like you stuck said, in there. Wow, okay. Phone booth. You remember that just movie? Just had a sniper on. Doesn't he like get sniped? Isn't yeah. that how he leaves? Yeah, yeah. He like is just like, forget it. I'm just going to get sniped Farrell. and try and survive. Uh, Forrest Whitaker was in that one? Okay. And uh, number three, Holes. Oh, oh, great film. That's cinema right there. That is cinema. That is That song? Come on. 
I had no Chris respect because the Chris and Company it. show are big Shia LaBeouf stands. Yeah, really. Got really? my shovel, shoes full of sand. Oh, you didn't Check watch Even Stevens? Wait, Shia LaBeouf is not a good person. Oh, no, 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 no. But he's, you know, Sacramento oh, but he legend. Was even they Stevens. shot, shot like... Even Stevens and Sack, you know, a lot of shots at the four. You guys didn't know? Oh, come wow. on. Wow. I love Even Stevens. Even Stevens. Shot in Sacramento, a lot of shots I don't think it was shot in Sacramento, yeah. but it takes place in Sacramento. No, they, they have some shots in Florida. It's a B-roll shot. So they probably paid some guy at, like, ABC 10 to go shoot. We got to take what we can get, over. man. We got to take what we can get. We went to the moon in 1969, 1968, 1968, but a year later. What was that on Disney Channel? Yes. Must have been nice to have that as a kid. I didn't. My friend had it, actually. We had rabbit ears. (laughs) Okay, we did, too. We'd have a remote. Turn the channel, David. (laughs) Smack. We had that My 58 or whatever it was at the time. We had Power Rangers on the weekend with cable. But yeah, my friends had Disney. Uh, Top songs in 2003. I had to go broad with that. I had to go broad with that. Um, I didn't find April 2003. Actually, I think I did. Yeah, it was April 2003. Definitely some some Lil Wayne, some Eminem in there for sure. Uh, the Eminem did not make Whoa, this 50 top cent? five. Fifty Cent makes Multiple it not times? once but twice. In the club, twenty one questions. Boom, boom, wow. boom. Yep, yep, that was the time. Yep, yep. Um, uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, the other guy on there, uh, R. Kelly. Oh, step in the name no. of love. No ignition. ignition. We don't ignition. like him. Come on, you, you can't listen to that anymore, man. You, you, you why? Okay, I, let's not do this, but let's do this. <laughs> why God. is R. Kelly not okay? Why is Michael Jackson okay? Oh, I, he's not. I'm not Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson saying, is I'm not just okay. Saying, I'm just saying. Michael Jackson's not okay. People, the people that think a thousand percent yeah. of people is there some will controversy argue about that. Like it's you no. Know, I don't. Very... I don't want to speak on Michael because I don't know enough about it. Oh, How about that? I do. Here's what I do know. I don't think anybody knows. Here's about what I do know. R. Kelly, I know about. Here's what I do know He's about. Found guilty watch. by a court of law. Stop. There's a we're great not doing HBO this. We're not, believe the it. victims. I've... Believe the victims. Okay, we don't need to do this. We don't need to do this. Sorry, this is my Way fault. Go, Chris. This is definitely Jeez. my fault. I said we shouldn't do it. Top songs, 2003, 50 Cent, R. Kelly Ignition, uh, Sean Paul. Sean and Paul. Get, get busy. Is get that the busy. song? No, I would have no, get no. temperature to shelter you from no, the that smoke. No, that's, that's not later, good. probably. Yeah, that was yeah. later. I don't, I don't know what I don't know that song. That song no. Not you guys don't remember Get Busy? Get Busy. Dun, 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 dun. No, no, not at all. Chris, play Get Busy. They, they know this. It's honestly ridiculous. But you know you what I love? I suck at doing it. I know. Shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you guys, this, this place, Chris, is this ridiculous that they don't remember Get Busy? I don't know Get Busy. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, hold on. I'll okay, have to I play it in my wait. ear. No, no, play it. He's going to play it now. Deuce trying to do it, though, is way better. Just have to wait for those 15 second now, commercials. Skip the ad. Skip I'm the trying. Too bad. It's the, one of the ones no. where you can't skip now. it. Good uh, job, Sean. There'll Paul. be two. Sean and Paul. Non skippable. Get busy was huge. It was a, obviously it was a monster hit. Yeah, thank I you. I just Chris. heard a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all stupid. We're all idiots. Thank you. Can't wait. Play, Chris. Can't wait. Can't oh, yeah, for sure. That's all Are you kidding? That's how you're doing it, though. I didn't do the beginning of it. This is the only part. Yeah. Really? This was better than the other Sean Paul song. It's not even close. This is better. This, this is, is a great, great song. Who knows how long this we can play this? All right. The next one, top songs from the last time the Kings were winning the division in 2003, uh, Three Doors Down When I'm Gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then uh, 50 Cent, 
21 questions. Hey. Also, uh, Apple launched iTunes in 2003, which is kind of crazy. Whoa. That's when they launched iTunes. No, no iPhones. At isn't the time. it crazy? Like, isn't it crazy? I was talking to Frank about it. How like iTunes used to be mandatory. Like there was so like ma- iTunes was the hub. Like you would spend just how people spend so much time on the internet. So much like, money. You would just spend hours on iTunes looking for songs, debating like, oh, am I going to buy this album? Should I just buy the were you, song? Were you too early down? for uh, like Napster down. and? Oh, uh, I destroyed my parents' computer. <laughs> oh, Fair LimeWire, Lime FrostWire. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> destroy <laughs> America's computer was one million pop-ups yeah. every time he turned it on yep. last one uh, average price of gas in California April 20, oh I don't even know this April 2003 67 average. cents I'm gonna guess $3.05 <laughs> I'm gonna say three thirty-two. I'm gonna say under $3 two dollars and nine cents in April and 2003 no. in California what you're a probably time. still complaining Oh, oh, of course. <laughs> Gas prices these days. $2? Are you kidding me? I remember back in my... I, when Jerry... When when they, I think Jerry was part of the crew that first discovered gas, but when they got... I mean, it was a couple pennies a gallon, you know? Isn't that... That's just wild. It was so like wild. $6 a gallon this summer, or last summer. Yeah. That's like... I mean... Which was I mean, what's minimum wage ridiculous. in California? <laughs> I can tell you exactly what so it is. in <laughs> 2003, minimum wage was five dollars and fifteen cents in the nation. Now, I mean, it's been so long; it's all the way up to seven dollars and twenty-five cents. But then you have to go by the state. No, wage, for sure. So, but yeah. that's still like insane, insane. Yeah, paying somebody five dollars for an hour of work is is not okay. <laughs> oh, what the world! I remember, yeah, I remember my, my mom in the nineties was getting paid like like four seventy five an hour that's to work crazy. at Del Taco. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Well, hey, good Jeez. good time, a trip, a fun trip down memory lane. You know, talking fun. about the price of gas, issues with R. Kelly and Michael Jackson, yeah. just exactly how I thought this would go when we <laughs> reflect back on the last time the Kings won the division before last night. Chris, thanks for coming out, uh, and you will be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow. 10 a.m. with yeah, his show. Not, you, Morgan's leaving us. That's right. Morgan's off tomorrow, so it's, I mean, Chris from Chris, 10 Chris, you know two. what time it is. No Morgan Dude Show. Hell yeah. yeah. No Morgan Dude Show coming up 10 to 2 tomorrow. Coming up next, though, the one and only Jerry Reynolds. That's straight ahead. Do some more on Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. And if you want love, I'm going to go ahead and guess Morgan was listening to this in 2003. I can tell you I was not. Really? John no. John Mayer is one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Oh my god, he's I was I was in such a variety of music. I listened to everything from like Dashboard Confessionals to Bone Thugs and Harmony to I mean, you name it, mainstream, I was listening to it. So, yes, John Mayer Heart throb. Yeah, I mean, I think I would like it now, but not um, back in 2003. I was not listening to that. Uh, we're expected to have Jerry Reynolds coming up in a few minutes. Um, I should text him and say, hey, I did send you the link. Hey, Jer, do you know uh, how to do dish? I emailed you the <laughs> link. Let oh me know. Oh, my yeah. God. What a sweet man. Um, in the YouTube chat, by the way, someone was mentioning Scooter was like, we need to get a Moe's Minute at uh, 1140 today. You know, I think we were just laughing too hard, yeah. which is good in a way that is kind of a Moe's Minute where you release some laughter 
and that releases some good energy, right? It's true. It's true. If you're laughing, if you're breathing, if you're stretching, all those things are good for you at 1140 mm. every single day. I mean, it's it's interesting. I did start to stretch today for the first time in like three weeks, just like randomly. And I was like, oh, my God, my body. Yeah, I haven't that. stretched since uh, October 2nd. No, probably like, like January. I stretched? Yeah. Maybe January. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But that it's stretching is so good. It's, it's so good it's just it's so, so and that's why like even sometimes when we're sitting here for 3 hours, we should just like have a moment, you know? Yeah. Like maybe. it's easy to do. Not maybe. I'm curious to get Kings fans' thoughts today, too. You guys can hit us up. We always reference the YouTube chat. We appreciate you guys being there in the chat at youtube.com slash sports1140. But you could also call us at 916-339-1140 or 1-800-920-1140. We're supposed to have Jerry Reynolds on now, but uh, I haven't heard anything back from Mr. Jerry Bear. So Aww. No, he, I, he had me... If he doesn't join us today, no, he's going to join us. But if he doesn't join us, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so it says that he's on, but it says like device not connecting. Hmm. So I don't know if he needs to, you need to tell him like, hey, yeah, accept the camera. Do you have his phone number? Yes. I mean, why don't we just give him a jingle on air and we should figure it out on air? No, I think that'd be kind of funny. Yeah, that's not fun okay. at all. Got it. You got it. Sorry. Kings win the division last night. They play the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Sounds like Luka is playing. Same with Kyrie. But Vegas has them. Uh, the Kings as six and a half point underdogs in this game, which I don't know. Sometimes you see those numbers and you go, well, maybe just maybe um, there is something that they know that the Kings could be resting people. And Chris, maybe see if he you can walk him through it. If not, we could just do it on the phone. Um. I wouldn't be surprised because obviously it's the second night of a back-to-back and what, let's see. I mean, what were some of the minutes? Like you look at last night, you had Harrison Barnes, 31, Keegan Murray, 35, Sabonis, 32, Herder, 22. It's not bad to Fox, be 30. No, yeah. it isn't. It really isn't that bad. And I mean, that goes to show like how they took care of business early, which is great to see. Um, man, Malik Monk, 23 minutes off the bench and just incredible job in that first half, what he did in like his first 14 or it was first 11 minutes. He had 14 points, three assists. I'm glad you brought him up because they missed him in that Spurs game. Yeah, man, what he brings to the table. I know sometimes it's chaotic, but I I think when Malik Monk's at his best, he's getting guys involved. He's attacking the paint. He's getting his shot for sure. And I just love the energy he provides. I've referenced this before, but that two-man game he's got with Sabonis has become lethal. And it's it's drawn so much attention. You see it, you know, sometimes it leads to a Sabonis bucket. Sometimes it leads to a three-pointer by someone else. And sometimes it leads to a tremendous finish at the rim by Malik Monk. He has been crucial for this team. And that's what's great is you were talking about the minutes last night. Yeah. Kevin Herter played 21 minutes last night. They went with Davion. They went with Malik Monk. And it doesn't seem like there's an issue. They have a culture at the moment where everyone's kind of bought in. Alex Len sat for most of the year. Dude. And now he's like, hey, is he going to be in the playoff rotation? Depending on the matchup, he probably is going to be. Yeah, and that's and I love that. I love that because obviously that was something that we talked about the Kings were missing was girth. And I feel like Alex Len, though, has done a fantastic job of probably just improving and showing the coaches that they can trust him throughout the season. 
Well, let's bring on one of our favorite people. He's going to join us on the phone today. Um, his name is in the rafters at Golden Once. They're next to Pacific Division banners, and we Ooh. should be adding another one because the Kings win the division last night. He is a legend. He's broadcasted. He's been a GM, a coach, and just a great guy. The one and only Jerry Reynolds. Hey, hey Jerry. Well, uh, welcome to just really enjoying to getting to talk to you young Jedis. <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. This is a link you sent me. Deucer, it just ain't working. I don't know what the deal is. I think it's, you know, I just think probably Morgan had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm you know, sure. And I'm, I mean, you know, I tried everything. As you know, I'm, I'm really a technical wizard. <laughs> and uh, but I, I was still telling the young man that he called. I said, well, I, I've, I've used this same iPad for Reststream and and Zoom and. Yeah. And never had any trouble for about a hundred times, so hey, I don't know. What it is. It's all good. good thing. Anyway, we have the phone, and you know, good. I, I'm going to say it might be, might have been Morgan's fault. She's been taking shots at you today, Jerry. She she made what? She, she she said something earlier. She said, "Yeah, it was crazy. The last time the Kings won the division, Jerry was in his early 80s." And I was like, "Jerry, wow, I, I did not guess. I guessed your age was 57. The last time that the Kings had won a Pacific had won the Pacific Division, and it turns out that you were 59. Do guessed that you were 80 that's not well i it doesn't bother me either way i i have figured out that old age is is basically it's just uh your warranty starting to run out (laughs) well i I think you got a long time left with your warranty jerry uh this year's been crazy and i i don't think anyone really anticipated it um the kings win a division for the first time since 03 that's significant they're back in the playoffs for the first time since 2006 uh, what what has made this year special uh, from your viewpoint? Well, you know, I, I think it's as simple as I really like watching them play. Mm. I mean, it's a fun team. I, and I thought, you know, early in the year, and I saw some of it last year, I thought uh, when this trade was made, uh, you know, before they kind of shut Fox and Sabonis down, I, I thought you could see the potential. Uh, but this team is just uh, – so unselfish, and obviously they can score the ball. They basically scored every night. Obviously, don't stop people from scoring every night, <laughs> too. Uh, that's also true. But uh, yeah, I just I just really enjoy them. You know, I haven't looked forward to games. Uh, you know, for years. You know, I I'm kind of like a kid. You know, I get my recliner and. Get my popcorn and get get ready for the game to start. You know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's been a blast, and uh, you know they're a good team. It's it's a it's a team. You know, basically it's it's in progress. You know, it's it it's gonna. They're not a finished product by any means, but boy, they they they're a blast. I, I just I just can't wait for them to start the playoffs. You know, J- Jerry. Obviously, you've been around. I mean, so many different teams, championship teams. When it comes to the WNBA, you've been around um, teams within the Kings organization that went into the deep into the playoffs. You know, you've been around winning, but you've been around fun teams as well. When you look at this team right now, and you look at the way that maybe Mike Brown has really established a culture, a standard with these guys and everyone trusts one another. Have you ever seen that happen before in your time happen in the first year that a head coach is within an organization and it leading and translating to success on the floor as well? 
Actually, yes. Uh, the the uh, first year Rick Adelman came. Wow. Uh, people forget. I mean, he's very similar. Uh, I mean, different, similar and different. But, you know, uh, the Kings were just at a terrible low point, had not been in the playoffs for just a few years. But everybody expectations had gotten low and the team had lost 19 in the last 20 and they changed coaches. And, uh, Vlade came as a free agent. The trade for Weber was made. Jay Will and Peja came as rookies. And the team, you know, went 27 and 23 in a lockout shortened season and then had the great playoff series with uh, Utah. And uh, to me, that was, you know, and, and it was clear as if it was one of those teams like this one. I mean, it was so much fun. You know, of course, Jay Will, you know, it was ESPN highlights every night. And and I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the same things. And, I mean, not that they got there differently, but uh, the chemistry on the team was great. The coaching uh, was very creative. And certainly Rick wasn't as, as uh, good in the media as, as Coach Brown. But, but, you know, they're both great coaches. And, uh, and the players like playing for him. So, yeah, I'm old enough to remember another example, yeah. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so, and I think, you know, and, and we saw what happened there each year, you know, they, they got better. You know, I always say you can't know what you need to do to get better till you get in the playoffs. And, and, uh, you know, I'd like to be wrong. I'd like to see this team roll right through to the championship, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed if they don't make the, the world championship first year in the playoffs. I, I, I think there's just, a lot of good times ahead. Yeah, and I know you liked Sabonis before the trade, but now seeing him in a role where you know he's a big time facilitator, kind of that offensive engine. Uh, what what maybe has surprised you about Sabonis this season? I think there's a you know couple things. I didn't, and I watched him a lot because I just enjoyed watching him play with the Pacers, and and I know a lot of people will say, "Well, boys, he's doing things." for the Kings he didn't do for the Pacers. That's not true. You know, he averaged 20 points a game there and, and 12, 11, 12 rebounds, I mean, for the Pacers. So, you know, it's he's doing – the difference is he his stamina is just amazing. I, I, I've never seen a big run the floor like he does constantly play hard on every play. You know, it's, it's different here where he's playing mostly center where – and Indiana played a little center and forward, and certainly he's better this way. Uh, and then, then the other thing is, you know, as, as good as he is in many areas, I've never seen a big set so many screens and so many good screens. Mm. He, it, you know, he's just off the charts. The Kings have never had anybody a big that can does those things so well, so consistently. What What makes his screens so special and stand out to you? That uh, they're actual screens. Yeah. Uh, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Fundamentals, actually, right? Like he seeks them out. He actually screens somebody. Well, you know, the thing about screens, uh, and, and a lot of big guys are pretty good at it, but, but not too many because there's there's punishment involved if you set a good screen. Mm-hmm. Guys uh, will run into you. And uh, I think with Sabonis, he is so physically strong that uh, – Guys look for ways to get screened without the punishment. Uh, I always I always say it's one of those things you can notice with teams that some guys uh, 
you know, they figure out uh, who's the toughest buckaroo around. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's like they, instead of trying to bust through the screens, they kind of lay on them. And uh, that opens up, uh, you know, opens up shooters like Herder and, and, and Monk and those for a little drop off passes and open shots. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's a real skill. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, you know, not, it's a real skill. It, it's underrated, uh, you know, how many illegal screens has he set this year? About three or four, maybe all year. I mean, he so he he's he's exceptionally good at a lot of the things that no other player seems to be. No, I'm I'm totally with you. And I mean, you mentioned some of the guys that he's made better with um, some of those screens. Obviously, his dribble handoffs as well. And then you look at the other main guy on the squad, and De'Aaron Fox. And you've watched him closely over these years. And I mean. What an incredible leap for De'Aaron Fox this season. Um, obviously, on the offensive end, being able to be so clutch in that fourth quarter. But defensively, what have you noticed so different about his game this season? Well, he's he's certainly more aggressive on defense. And, and you know, he uses his length and quickness to his advantage. And, uh, he's just better in every area. You know, I, I'm really impressed with his rebounding. He goes and gets some good rebounds and like you say you have to be you know impressed with his ability to get good shots pretty much whenever he wants and 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 that's uh, factoring in the fact that teams know uh that they've got to try to stop uh De'Aaron and, and he's tough to stop I I say I you know I have to go back to my days when I was a college coach in Kansas City and watching Tiny Archibald when uh when he was uh you know, great, you know, led the league in scoring 34 game, 14 assists, and you just couldn't guard him. And, uh, and that's kind of way Fox is. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Fox have a few more years like this and he'd be a hall of famer too. Mm. But, uh, yeah, he's, you know, I think the whole thing has just worked for De'Aaron this year. And it's no disrespect to Halliburton because he was terrific. And, and, you know, it's a good move for Indiana, but but the fit wasn't as good. Nobody to blame. It just you know it just wasn't as good as it is now because uh, De'Aaron can really focus on being more of a scorer, not worry about playmaking because the the biggest playmaker is in the center. And and I think it's just uh, it really worked for both of them because you know late in games uh, Domas knows that uh, Fox is a guy to go get shots uh, certainly. No, nobody else can can do that on this team to that level. Jerry, what have you thought about the rookie Keegan Murray? You know, last night he surpasses 200 made threes. There's only five guys in the league this year who have 200 made threes plus uh, being at 40 plus percent from three point land. That's Steph, Clay, Buddy, Kevin Herter, and now the rookie Keegan Murray. What, what has stood out to you about him? Well. Uh, he's a great shooter, yeah. <laughs> number one. You know, I loved him in college. You know, I, I didn't know that he would be as good as, as he's been, you know. But the thing I thought was struck me is watching him in summer league. It seemed like every game he got better. You know, he, he just got more confidence. You know, he's not a not a thirsty kind of player, going to force shots. Uh, but uh, started, uh, you know, working a little harder to get them and take them. And then we've seen this year, I mean – uh, watching him play in November and then December, every month he's gotten better, added a little bit to his game. He's gotten more aggressive. You know, I, 
we, we all thought probably earlier in the year he was just too soft. And now we're seeing him block shots, uh, you know, step in passing lanes, get some good rebounds. Uh, yeah, there's – I mean, he's – but, you know, in my mind, he's the second-best rookie in the league. I mean, Banchero will get it because of stats and, and, and deservedly because he has made uh, Orlando eight, ten games better. So he deserves it. But there's nobody playing or more deserving than Keegan for the back runner-up to the rookie of the year. Jerry, what was it like the other day? You were at that, oh. that really bad – I mean, I, I want to forget about the game. Yeah. It was against the Spurs, but – you were watching the game with a buddy, and they put a little video montage up there, and you got a standing ovation. Yeah, that was really a, a jolt, to be honest with you. I was just – Maury Gloucester, a good friend, had been kind of bugging me to go see a game with him. And I said, well, it better be an afternoon game. I don't like driving in the dark. <laughs> and uh, so, so you know, and, 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 and so we did. And, I, you know, it was really nice to, you know, run into some fans and have some – business with different fans and and you know people like you know like yourselves and then uh, you know just getting to see some good people and and i that was that would have been enough for me i i wasn't expecting that i uh it was nice that the fans felt that way I, i'm not sure why they do but it's like uh, mrs reynolds said he said she said, i got home she said boy when is this jerry fest going to end <laughs> I said, well, it ended when I got home, I guess. <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. That's You're a treasure, Jerry. Yeah. And she knows it, too. Okay? Come on now. I mean, well, well, we have hung together about 55 years, so I, I guess there's some reason we're still together. I don't know. Well, Jerry, I thought it was a cool moment. It was good. I'm sorry you had to see such a crappy game. They, yeah. they decided to put up that yeah. performance for you. I was like, what the hell was going Boy, on? Yeah, that was disappointing. You know, I mean, for I mean, San Antonio playing without probably three of their top six players, and and I mean, I like Doug McDermott, you know, but I don't know why he'd get thirty points on anybody. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, he he's a nice end of the rotation kind of player potentially, and then uh, Champagne or whatever his name was, it's like my gosh, I thought we'd created uh, Dominique Wilkins or something. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's very disappointing. You know, it, it, the whole thing about this team is, you know, they're they're so hard to figure. You know, you, you, they beat a, a good Pelicans team last night convincingly, you know, after getting beat by a very bad San Antonio Spurs team. Pretty, and but and and they're better on the road than at home. Yeah. Who figures that? That's I mean, what that's, I don't understand, Jerry, because the numbers, too, the Kings on the road this year, and it's a big sample size, they're eighth in defensive rating on the road, but 29th at home. I'm, how do you figure that? I, I don't know that you can, yeah. other than, you know, maybe the coaching staff just has a little more control of them, you know, by being on the road. You know, they, by invariably, you're together more and spend more time together. I guess. I don't know. I mean, really, I, I've never seen like it. You know, I always go back to the year one year Dick Mata was coach, and, and, and they won as many home games as this year's team has. They won 23 at home and one on the road. <laughs> wow. Now, I mean, you, how do you figure that? Right. Uh, you can't. Uh, but but with a good team like this is, they, they have underachieved at home. I, I think that's true. I, I mean, you just expect 
an average team to win win more games than they have at home. And, and of course, only the very best teams in the league win as many as they have on the road. So, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm going to quit trying to figure it. It's just that uh, let's just hope that uh, they, that turns around here rather quickly here because going to the playoffs – you know that's the idea is to have home court advantage, and if, <laughs> if you can't win at home, it's not an advantage. Right. <laughs> well, Jerry, it's always good catching up with you. I- I'm excited uh, that the Kings are back in the playoffs, and you could actually watch some Kings playoff yes. basketball. I know you watch basketball no matter what, but seeing the Kings back in the playoffs for the first time since '06, I can't wait. Uh, me either. It- it's just going to be. It's a real joy, you know. And I mean, as you guys know, I mean you've been around a, a number of years and with the, the bad times. And I think the big thing is that just let's all just enjoy it and, and see where it goes. You know, I, I'm, I'm just not going to get disappointed with this team. They've already given me more than I expected. And, and like I say, it's, I'm just glad that some people like yourself get to really enjoy it. You deserve it. You've, uh, you've hung in there through the, uh, through the bad times, so uh, enjoy the good times. We will, but Thanks. don't take them. For, but don't take them for granted. We won't. We we no. we're soaking it all in, yeah. Jerry. I've been saying it since I realized that they were good. Is there is nothing like the come up, the rise, right? Because you know that you mentioned that ninety eight ninety nine season, how special that was. You know, next year it's not going to feel that same way. This has caught everyone by surprise. The beam is a thing. The vibes are just perfect. You know, next year there's expectations. There's, you just never know how it's going to play out. So just enjoy the moment for sure. Enjoy the moment, and as you, you're exactly right, though the expectations will change, and uh, and some of the the joy will be a little more uh, couched because you're expecting great things. But uh, hey. If they can have a go on another this team go on another eight year run like we had back in the early two thousands, then I think it can. Uh got the great coach and great general manager and, and some young young stars and, and uh more why not? Why not? Why not? Right. Yeah. Well Jerry, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I'm sorry uh, you couldn't see my beautiful face. I mean, that, I, I know. It's I we, we miss it, but I'm glad we gotta see it on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad I uh, really. It was a real thrill for me to see you guys. And, uh, yeah, that was a that was a blast, and I appreciate the fans. I, you know, I always uh, thought they overrated me a good bit, but I still appreciate it. <laughs> oh, Jerry, you're literally the best, and uh, I'm so happy you got that moment. And uh, we'll, we'll see you soon, hopefully. See you soon. There's a one and only Jerry Reynolds, a gem, a treasure, everything. He means the world to me. Oh, I love him. I love him. Yeah, and I love how much he is enjoying this, too. He deserves it. He I mean, that standing ovation that he got, like, I know he like he jokes, but he is seriously that humble. He's a legend. But he really is iconic. Well, we'll talk some more hoops coming up. Uh, The Kings will be taking on the Mavs, trying to go back for back to back wins on the road. And I mean, if the Kings win. Yeah. Show up with shovel. How badass tonight would it be if De'Aaron Fox was they, he comes off the bus and he's dragging a shovel? We're good, dude. No, both of you, no. Have the mindset. It's time to bury the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, Luca, we got a big, big cotton. Oh, it's time. Are you jinxing something? No, I'm just saying we put it out there. Wow. It's time to bury the mouse.
Come on. Have the mindset. It's not, it's not about a mindset. Oh, it is. It's about what was my mindset yesterday before the game? Go in there with a raw pelican You plague. said that they were going to lose. You said the Kings were going to lose at the end of the I, show. I said, but that wasn't their mindset. I, I was fired up. Beat everybody. All right. We'll talk some more Kings math. So much to get to. Juice and Mo on Sackdown Sports 1140. Sackdownsports.com. It was. I've seen them several times in concert. I think it's because we're listening to the songs that are good. And like, if you go back to like, just awful music back then. If you turn on the radio in 2003, you'd probably be like, ugh. I don't know. They just, like, they make me feel good. And they're not even the greatest song. That song is great. But, like, John Mayer is amazing. I mean, I guess, but all those songs that we've shown so far are so many different, um, how do I put it? Like, they don't just fit in one box, right? Like, people are, I'm going to appreciate that John Mayer song for just what it is as an iconic song and what it did for so many people. Like, Taylor Swift songs. I'm not a fan, but at the same time, like, I get it. And I get, like, what those songs and how they made people feel, like, what they did. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Do I sound like... I got oh. you. I hear you. Here's <laughs> a question. Do you remember WWE using that song? No. For who? Kurt Angle. When he was making his comeback from his neck surgery. Oh, like for a promo, yeah. not like for an actual like entrance. No, no, no. <laughs> but they played it like what? over and over. Uh, the latest King's injury report I just checked out, by the way, uh, does not list anyone outside of Matthew Del Vadova as being out for the Sacramento Kings. So what? I don't know if there's another one coming out, but I don't know. As it stands right now, Vegas has the Kings as six and a half point underdogs tonight. Why are you laughing so much? Six and a half point underdogs? Yeah. yeah. Chris was visibly <laughs> laughing out loud when I said that. Like I was joking around. Yeah. That's why okay. we thought we thought maybe like there's people sitting out that we didn't know about or maybe Vegas knows something that we don't know. Luca said he's going to try hard. But Luca did say he was going to try hard. Well, I mean, it's a huge game for da- like it's really a must win for the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Um, it's still at six and a half at this point, but I, I don't know. Vegas is looking at a couple of things. Dallas is off. Okay, it was off last night. The Kings played a game. They had to travel to Dallas. Second, I have a back to back. The Kings already have the number three seed pretty much locked up, right? They're, Dallas or Phoenix isn't catching them. No, so they're locked in three. Maybe they're assuming that the Kings would rest a little bit and. The desperation factor for the Mavs, where they have to win tonight. They have to win. They are a half game right now out of the play-in, and you know that's not even enough because if OKC just keeps pace, they're not. They're not in. Oh, okay. Here's my question. Yeah. If you were the Mavs this season, why do you? Why do you? Why are you even trying? Why are you even trying? Why are you trying to get into the postseason when you're? When I just I look at this season like you're not going to succeed in the postseason with what you have right now. You're not going to go far. Like, do do you think they have a separate belief in you know their, what it is? What anything can happen? Okay, 
And that's no totally one, fair. No, did anyone think that the Mavs were going to go to the conference finals last year? No. Did, did they think they were going to go to Phoenix and win a game seven on the road against the Suns when Phoenix rolled over? No. You want to be in. You want to be in the dance. This is Luka. Like, you want to win. You didn't make that trade to be not in the playoffs. If anything, you want this team to get more reps together to figure out maybe Kyrie and Luka build some chemistry, and then you can find out, all right, here's exactly what we need going into the offseason. It is. So there's a lot on the line tonight. There's a huge amount on the line tonight for the Dallas Mavericks. And just like there was a lot on the line last night for the Pelicans, the Pelicans would have been in that sixth spot had they beat Sacramento last night. Dude, since the trade, since acquiring Kyrie Irving, uh, the Mavs have now gone 6-16 and since then to drop out of the play-in picture. Oh, okay. I'm, so- I'm sorry. They're seven and fifteen since Kyrie joined the team. Okay, it's seven and fifteen then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Wow. 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 It's just. It, I just think about this whole situation for Dallas and like having to even hang on the way that you're hanging on for that play-in spot, and it just it can't feel good. Now I'm coming from a place of a. A, someone who has covered a losing team for so long where it's like they've tried so hard to limp their way even into a play-in when play-in came around, right? This Mavs team, they they have championship expectations since having Luka on their squad. And when you see your team fall like this, I can't imagine how a Dallas Mavericks fan feels, how a Mark Cuban feels about their squad, or maybe the entire organization and what the hell is going on over there. Well, because it, it leads you to wondering what the hell we do to fix this. And I know Chris Haynes says Dallas, d- despite the fact that they've gotten off to this weird start, they want to resign Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Now, predicting what Kyrie Irving wants to do this offseason, I mean, I, we don't know what Kyrie Irving's going to want next week. So, I, I don't know. It's uh, We knew it was going to be risky. I don't think anyone thought it was going to be this bad. I had my questions about Dallas, and I remember when the trade happened. We're like, look, those two are going to be tough, but what else is around them and the defense? And the defense has fallen off so far after losing Dorian Finney-Smith, who was just like a utility guy for them. would do anything, defend multiple positions. You know, you lose Dinwiddie. They lost a lot in the – and then you you factor in losing Jalen Brunson for nothing – Brutal. Well, Luka Doncic was asked about Jalen Brunson the other other day, and he said, we've missed Jalen Brunson a lot. Amazing guy, amazing player. Uh, And then he also said later on, I don't think our offense is the problem, but anyone can score on us. Yep. Mavs ranked seventh in defensive rating last year, 23rd this season. Uh, One NBA note uh, involving a Sacramento Kings player. Yeah. Who got a lot of G League time. Uh, Namias Keita finishes in the top three of MVP voting in the NBA G League wow. this year. Carly Jones was the 2022-23 G League MVP for the Windy City Bulls. Wow. Uh, the NBA announces that Namias Keita and Nets two-way guard David Duke Jr. finished second and third in voting. So congrats on Namias Keita for a nice second year in the G. Yeah. Just... Where did the Windy City Bulls play out of? Believe um, it or not. Oh, yeah. Chicago. But aren't the Chicago Bulls the Windy City Bulls too? No, there's Chicago Bulls. Okay. We should we should call the King if they lived if they lived. If the Kings lived, if Stockton played in Sacramento, call them the River City Kings. River right? City. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. yeah. They should. What was the inline skating? 
River City Rats. The River Rats? The River Rats. Oh, wait, no, that's the river. That's a raft place, right? I thought it was like the River City Rats. I don't know. This was the place here? It was, They were like inline hockey. Okay. Hmm. You're the big rollerblading guy. Huge. I don't remember true. that, though. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break on the radio side. We'll talk to you guys coming up. You can hit us up, 339-1140, Also, YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports 1140. Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous. But on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting oh, what he wrote oh, what a song. The crowd goes so loud. He, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking now. Everybody's choking now. The clock went out. Uh, I messed it up. Hey, Juice Mason. Morgan Reagan. We're very, we're very much vibing with the 2003 tracks today. Last time the Kings won. I know. What a good time. Look, a good- I think we like it because we remember the Kings being good when this music was out. That's very possible. You know, that was my jam, though, coming out in high school. So, like, they'd play that as the song we'd run out to. Really? <laughs> I think everyone had that so song. So cliche. Dude, it didn't matter. I was so amped. And I remember if I ever, because I would always start the layup line. And if I ever missed my first layup in the layup lines, like, I was so superstitious. Like, such a freaking weirdo. And... If I miss, you got over that. I'm so glad I got over that. Yeah, superstition. <laughs> and if I miss my first layup, like I would always end up having like kind of a bad game. And I was probably just in my own head because I'm you a think? lunatic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what song 20 years from now we're going to be like, oh man, remember that? It's probably some like Drake song, huh? Like in 2043. <sighs> Dude, there's a lot of amazing artists, though. There's, oh. like, no, like, Lizzo. I think about Lizzo. I think about, like, a lot of her songs are just Has so... she had a good song this year? Ex- okay. I Okay. I, I don't know why that's I see what you're saying. You're saying for this year. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but some of these movies and these songs that we're going over were still came out earlier, but they were very popular in that time. Like, that Phone Booth movie came out in 2002. It did when I looked it up, but then, but it must have still been popular April mm, okay. of 2003. It's going to be Taylor Swift. Oh my God. Dude, well, okay. I don't know if you guys saw this. JJ Watt like went to her concert and did a whole post about it afterward and was like, she did 40 songs and does a an experience not just a performance. Like she is just like this magical being and it made me respect just her her ability to create this this different type of art form of performing in front of i mean 40,000 30,000 people live like that's pretty incredible so anyway yes she's going to go down in history as the most iconic thing during this time i'm uh, not even a huge fan speaking of icons yeah how about our buddy Nick? Hey, it's Nick with Deuce and Mo. We didn't hear from Nick last yeah. night after the Kings won. Nick, where were you last night? Um, Rivercats came last night. Oh. What time did the game end? Around nine thirty, something like that. They oh, lost. He was working. Wait, you were working last night? No, you weren't. No, no, I'm. A, I was a guest over there. I got. I was able to get free tickets from. They gave, Coach Carl gave me free tickets from. It was from. 
The tickets were from Special Olympics. Oh, hell yeah, Nick. Nice. All right, Nick, uh, what's on your mind today? I would like to say that yesterday, we won yesterday. Why not like to be yesterday? Fire the laser. Morgan? I, you know what? Fire the laser. Why not light the beam? I love it. We just need three more beams. Three more beams, huh? No, 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 no. Oh. No. 19 more beams. Oh, 19 more beams. 19 more right. beams. Why not like the beam? Why not? All right, uh, Nick, real fast, man. We got the Mavericks tonight. We got Luca and the Mavs. What's your message to the Dallas Mavericks? If Luca was listening to you right now, what would you say to him? You are going down. Oh. That's it? He, you, you are too small. Oh, too small. You think he's too small? I think you're the first person yeah, in history to call him small. Beat us. We are too good. You can't beat us. You can't uh, beat us. I like it. Our you t- are going to lose. They're going to lose. Dallas is going to lose tonight. They can't beat us. I need you, you to sound a li- I need you to sound a little meaner when it comes to the Dallas Mavericks. How do you feel about Mark Cuban? Oh, we're going to beat them too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Nick. Dallas, G- why not beat Dallas? Why not beat Dallas? Nick, give me a hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. Even Jerry Reynolds said, why not? Even he did. Because oh, of you, Nick. Because of you, you're famous. He said, why not? Why did he say that? Because of you. Was he? How, how did he know that I said, why not? Because he, he, he listens to you and he likes you. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's why Jerry Reynolds was quoting me, like, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Well, Nick, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later, all right? Jerry Reynolds lives in Roosevelt, just like me. Yep. Aww. Sleep beams. Sleep beams. Uh, hey, see you. I'll be at the watch party for uh, ESPN 1320. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> Oh, Nick. That is so cute. (laughs) I love it. Nick plugs himself in other stations. Uh, Yes, we know. Ugh, love him. Love him. (laughs) Gotta love Nick, man. Why not 50 wins? Why not, people? 50 wins would be pretty sweet. Uh, The Kings would need just two wins out of the next three to reach 50 wins. Wait, they need what? Two wins. Yeah. To reach out of the next three to win 50 games. Yeah. Was that confusing? No, you know what's funny? For some reason, I thought you made it much more complicated than needed to be. And I'm like, don't they just need two more wins? Yeah, two wins in the next three games. They've got three opportunities to get two wins. Do you think they can do it? Yes. Oh. Stomp the the Mavs tonight. Okay. Take care of the Warriors. Okay. Rest everybody uh, against Nuggets. Well, okay. How about this, you guys? If they... If they don't get that 50th win by Friday, like let's say they don't beat, let's say they win tonight, but they don't beat the Warriors, do you think they play people on that Sunday to try and get that 50? I I, I don't know that they'll need to. I think Denver's going to sit a lot of guys too, so maybe he would start. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how important 50 is because I think too that That's some, what I'm wondering. at some point you have to go, okay, we want to keep guys healthy too. We got the playoffs coming up and, you know, you could technically get hurt at any point in the game, but you just don't want to risk it either. Right. So, Because what's 50 wins if you you lose one of your guys 
getting that 50th win and you're like, oh, well, that was cool. That was worth it, not? Yeah. No, you don't You don't want a situation like that. I By the way, it. around the NBA tonight, some interesting games. Grizzlies and Pelicans. The Pelicans favored by five. Battle of L.A. tonight. Lakers and Clippers. The question is, will AD end up playing tonight in a back-to-back? In a big game, by the way, because the race for six is crazy. Clippers now are a half game behind the Warriors for the fifth spot. So the Clippers are in sixth right now. The Lakers are in seventh, but they're tied with the Clippers headed into this game tonight. Think about the storylines. LeBron. Oh, my God. That was so annoying. (laughs) I was going to mention also Westbrook. Uh, Yeah, after the game last night, LeBron was talking to the media and his teammates were making goat noises behind him because... Get a, a LeBron to go. <laughs> you can make shots offensively. You got to be able to get stops down the stretch, you know, especially when you're uh, playing against teams that's been scoring. So we uh, had to get stops, and we did that. LeBron, I don't know you. Where you get this dude from? I gotta say, focus. I'm locked in. Y'all, just like your starting backcourt, Dennis and Austin Avery. They come out 26 and 10. Is there any part of you that like likes it? Uh, it was cute for the first like three seconds. Oh, I get it. But then like, hey, me like this is the media trying to talk to LeBron after an overtime win against the Utah Jazz. Like, uh-huh. just let them do their jobs. Okay. Like, we get it. Like, he's a go. It, it, really hammer that one home for twelve seconds. If you ask me, they sounded like a bunch of sheep. Oh, what is a goat? Sound like I don't know if I want to know. I don't know. I was saying because they all just follow I, each yeah, other. That's a they, good. That's a good joke. God. It's not a good joke. I, I, have to I gotta say, no, it's actually better now that you explained it. Um, some of the goats were actually pretty good goats. Honestly, thought maybe there was real goats in there. Ba Oh God. <laughs> okay, who is a better goat? Me, Morgan, or Chris? Ba. Bah! Bah! Oh my! <laughs> Chris, man, nah. You go with it. You have a nah, like a and yeah. at the beginning. Nah. I do a beat. Bah! Wow. Nah. Why are you saying? Nah. That's what I hear goats sound like. They don't use an n. They don't. They, say don't. <laughs> they say it's a b. Bah! Why does my more, goat not sound like a goat? Morgan's bah. Bah! Pretty like, bad. It sounds like you're a ghost in a haunted house. It sounds like I'm Toad. Uh. Oh, yeah. You got it. That's it. All right. Well, coming up next, uh, we're going to talk to our guy, Combo, from Combo's Corp Podcast. He joins us straight ahead. It's Juice and Mo on Sackdown Sports 1140. Last time the Kings won the Pacific Division. Before last night, I'm just getting some updates from Dave McMenamin over at ESPN. The Clippers-Lakers are supposed to have a big-time showdown tonight, right? Yeah. Anthony Davis and LeBron are both listed as questionable for tonight's game. There'll be game-time decisions. I get, do they just want to be in the play-in? I just, I just don't get it. Like, what is the point of sitting out right now? What is the point? Anthony Davis is going to get, I mean, he's he tweaks his body, yeah. finger, nail, whatever, every single second that he's out there on the floor anyway. So, and I'm not even trying to be mean. So, like, if you're just trying to not take a risk, I think it's a little ridiculous when you're needing to win. 
Maybe they're just content being in the play-in. I don't know. Seems strange to me. Strange to me. Uh, is our guy combo ready? Let's go to him. It's been a while, and I love that we're having him on today because before the season, our guy combo from Combo's Core, Andrew Solop, uh, we were on his podcast, and we were predicting the Pacific Division. I think I wanted to believe that the Kings were going to win it, but then I backed off of it because I talked myself out of it. How crazy is this? Combo, what's up, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Um, I feel like if you would have put some money on it, I'm not a betting man myself. Yeah. But if you did, you would have won a lot, right? Those odds were crazy for you. 250 to 1 odds, and it went to 400 to 1 Ooh. in November. That's I, insane. I put, a th- put, a thousand, put a thousand on that, huh? I Dude. mean, for real. <laughs> Life-changing. Life-changing, one. <laughs> but it is hilarious that we were talking on your podcast about, or wherever we were talking about this, on um, about the the division and where the Kings would land. And it just, like, it felt so, mm, I don't know, unreal to even put the Kings above a lot of the teams in this division. But at the same time now, you're seeing it. All their play has validated this is who they are. They are the division champs. And they've, I mean, they've earned it. They didn't limp there. They've earned it. They definitely earned it. And it's great to watch them play this way. And I think the biggest key for them moving forward will be the defense because obviously it hasn't been great. But we do see flashes. When it's at its best, it's not too bad, and we know the offense is going to be here. So this is going to be a really interesting playoffs for the Kings, and I can't wait to see it. Dude, what's crazy, I was looking at the home versus road numbers, and at home, crazy 29th in defensive rating, and then on the road, 8th. And last night against the Pelicans in a big game, right? Like They played some pretty good defense against the Pelicans team that had it going over the last eight games. Ingram was doing damage. They are putting up a lot of points, efficient basketball. And the Kings stepped up, and I, I just can't i can't figure it out. You know, I, we've talked to so many people trying to get their theories. It is strange to have that type of disparity, road versus home. If anything, you would expect it to be the opposite, too, where maybe they would struggle more on the road. Yeah, I think when you look at stats, there is some randomness there. Like, when we look at clutch stats, they say that to take nothing away from De'Aaron, but they say there is some randomness there, right? Um You know, in my opinion, the Kings have a top three fan base in the NBA and a top three home court. Like, I love the arena. Come on, what's better than the beam? So I don't don't have a great answer for you there, but I think things will swing back around and they will be better defensively at home during these playoffs. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, you're watching so much of the league that I don't know if you caught up on any of these games that this week, but you had the game on Sunday against the Spurs. Uh, that the Kings, that was Sunday, right? Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Sunday. The game on Sunday that the Kings lost to the Spurs. It was just embarrassing. It was on their home floor. The defense was awful. It was a little scary. Then you had them with this bounce back game against the Pelicans team that has been playing pretty well together. And when I say a bounce back game combo, I'm talking both ends of the floor locked in. They responded to the awful loss on that Sunday night. You know, there's there's times that I get scared of the team that we saw on Sunday, that that's what the Kings are going to look like when the pressure hits in the postseason. And then there's times I feel like, no, they're going to be that team that we just saw last night against the Pelicans. Uh, Is that normal for me to feel? And do you feel like this team is going to be a little bit more consistent when the postseason hits? 
I do it. Mike Brown said it best. You need a sense of urgency. And if you don't have a sense of urgency in the playoffs, I don't know when you're going to have it. So I'm expecting this team to be locked in and ready. Uh, the Spurs thing was interesting because the Spurs are in the Wemby sweepstakes right now. And for them to get that win was just weird. Uh, maybe it was because the Kings recently clinched and there was a little bit of a letdown. Um, but NBA players are going to play, right? I mean, these guys are competitive. These guys are fighting for their own jobs, and they want to win. Maybe organizationally the Spurs didn't want to win, but the players on the court, as we've seen, wants to win. But great bounce back. Brandon Ingram is an absolute handful. So he, And he came, out, he came out gunning, too. He did. He came out gunning. And then, you know, the Kings weathered the storm. And their connectiveness, their connectiveness on defense was just amazing. A team obviously not known for defense. They showed that sense of urgency that Mike Brown talked about. And they proved that they could play really well on that side of the floor when they want. And defense is all about effort. So we know what they could do on offense. And if they could show this Kings defense in the playoffs, they're going to be a scary team. Even though they're, the teams are trying to say that they're not scared of them. Like uh, Draymond, I think, said that, right? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I know Draymond was like suggesting that <laughs> the Sacramento matchup might be nice. Mainly because... The travel, right? Right. The 90-minute car ride between Sacramento Ooh. and San Francisco. You know, it's not – you're not – you don't have to – I mean, I guess they could take a plane if they want. It'd be like a 10-minute plane ride. Uh, I Maybe they would just bus in. I don't know. But that travel is not that big of a deal, right? So, the, I mean, you could go home in between games if you wanted to. You really which is, could. Which would be huge for, I think, both teams. You know, when you look at that sixth spot, it's crazy how much it's juggling. Like, last night there was a moment – before the Warriors won and beat OKC, that the Lakers were in it. But as it stands right now, it seems like it's kind of a four-team race for that final uh, sixth spot in the West between Golden State, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Pelicans. What matchup do you think would be most favorable for Sacramento out of those four? I would say the Clippers because they play a more isocentric brand of basketball and I think it'll be easier for the Kings to defend that type of style. Look, the Warriors at their best are still very scary, and Wiggins will be coming back soon. You still got your core championship guys there, so I don't think you want to play them. Look, man, against the Lakers, I think it would go seven games, and I wouldn't oh. bet it. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet against LeBron in like a long, drawn-out series. Just one of the smartest basketball players in NBA history. Many would argue the greatest player in NBA history. Um, and the Clippers with no PG right now, we don't know what's going on with him. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe he won't. But I think that would be their best chance. But look, the Kings got a chance against any of them, and the West is wide open, as we know. Yeah, you mentioned the Lakers one, and you just saying Kings-Lakers game seven oh. just triggered so many bad <laughs> memories. Flashbacks of 2002. Oh, when, when young, Robert Ory. Uh, oh, God. Combo, how dare you? Combo, do you, you don't say that name here. That's that's almost as bad as dropping an F-bomb <laughs> on, on air. You can't, we don't like that name. No. Um, yeah, it just triggers so many bad memories. But there would be something special if the Kings did play the Lakers. And the Kings beat them in seven. Wouldn't it just feel like Ooh. full circle moment? Be like, oh, I know it's. I different. feel like I feel. I feel like you guys want the Lakers. I feel like that's what you guys want. <gasps> so, I go back and forth, right? Because you know what? <laughs> At this time of year, I, Kings fans get nervous. Like, I don't want to play this team. Nah, man, bring it on. You're in the yeah. playoffs, and the yeah. West is so bunched yeah. up this year that I, I agree with you. You could probably beat any of these teams, and uh, there's a part of me that would be nervous about the Lakers or Warriors for sure. But man, if you could beat the Lakers or Warriors, you you could end the Warriors as we know them. 
And how special would it be to be that team? Wow. Yeah. I like it. I feel like you're bringing your wrestling mentality. Uh, you're right. <laughs> you know right. what? We're wrestling guys. So, it's, I mean, of course that yeah, comes so in. I actually, I, I saw you ringside recently, so I know you, you were hyped. You guys <laughs> actually been wearing your emotion on your sleeves lately. You <laughs> super pumped ringside and then. And then Mo with the light, the beam, she almost cried for the playoff clinch. So yeah. I love oh. how you guys are, are wearing <laughs> I, I love know. how you guys are wearing your emotion on your screen. It's but, been so but, yeah, long. I think I think it would be great for them to beat the Lakers, for you guys to beat the Lakers. Um and then I guess that Robert Ori thing, it, it wouldn't cast that spell as it does now, right? If you guys could get that done and beat the Lakers. So it's four teams here. I think, what did they knock the Pelicans out with that win against them? Because it's going to be tougher for them now, right? Yeah, so the Pelicans, as it stands right now, I mean, they're still a game out of six. So that's pretty okay. challenging for them at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's crazy to, to see. And there's honestly an outside shot at this point. The Kings aren't out of the race for number two. Oh, yeah. Because Memphis plays Ooh. New Orleans tonight, and New Orleans favored. But uh, if, if the Kings beat Dallas and the Pelicans beat the Grizzlies, the Kings are one game back with a couple of play. Now, you're going to have to win out, and they're going to have to kind of fall apart here. But if they tie at the end of the year, the Kings actually have the tiebreaker. So that that's kind of an intriguing element. Dude, the end of the season has been wild. This final week, just not knowing... I was mixed on the play-in when they first announced it, but I got to be honest, I think it's been a great thing for the league. How have you felt about having the play-in the last few years? Yeah, I agree with you. I was a little bit iffy in the beginning, but I think there's really not too much bad you could say about it, right? Like, all these games are competitive. Now the teams that are around that 9-10 range still have a chance. It makes exciting, like, March Madness-style games, right? Because it's either one win or two wins or whatever it may be, but... I love it. I think it brings a different dynamic, and I'm all for it. Uh, we'll see if the midseason tournament will have yeah. this kind of effect. Uh, I, I think they got to uh, figure out what the motivation would be for these players for that tournament. That's the biggest thing there. But, um, you know, in anything, you got to keep evolving, right? You got to keep b- getting better. Like with you two, like look, look at you guys now. You guys weren't in a nice studio like this about – three, four years ago, right? <laughs> Look at the evolution. The evolution. Yeah. So the NBA got to evolve. Dusamo got to evolve. Combo got to evolve. And we got to keep getting better. Yeah, I'm with that. The The midseason tournament thing, you mentioned the, the, the players. How do we get the players motivated? How do how do you get the fans to care, too? Um, I don't know. I, I think they're, the, the idea of doing something midseason would be cool. I just think you should open it up. Like, have a couple of G League teams involved. Have a team from the Euro League come over. You know, I mean, yes, that, I love that's that. that's I love where that. to me it gets a little more intriguing, right? Because all but this... they don't they don't want it they, they don't want an NBA team. I know somehow losing to a G League or a Euro League team that would not be a good look for the league. Like you know? the Thirty Sixers beating so... the Suns in the preseason. Remember that happened over the uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that wow, was crazy. Sun, what if the Sun? I mean, this would be good for you guys, but yeah. the Suns could go from losing to the 36ers to winning an NBA championship. Would oh, that would be crazy. My, it <laughs> could happen. I mean, you know what? Right now, too, Combo, anything can happen in the West, and that's something that's been like the theme of the Western Conference, it feels like, almost all season long. And uh, the only the only team that I don't, not the only team, one of the teams I don't have a lot of faith in, the Kings are taking on tonight, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> and you look at their year and what has gone down in Dallas and since adding Kyrie things just haven't looked so amazing like you wanted them to 
Two things. Do you see Kyrie being part of the Dallas Mavericks squad next year? And do you think Luka is going to get to the point where he asks for some change? Mm. This is all a disaster that all started with their decision not to make sure to get Jalen Brunson on this team for the long term. Mm. I mean, that was obviously a terrible decision. Um, then they trade their depth and defense for Kyrie Irving. Now they were already at a disadvantage from that move with Jalen Brunson. And I don't think this all falls on Kyrie. I just feel like they were trying to put a bandaid over a mistake they made in the off season and it just made it worse. So, um, I think Luca and Kyrie are fantastic players. It's obviously not working out right now, but they just don't have enough depth or defense to win in the West because we see how good the West is this year. I also think there's something to Luca feeling some disappointment. And, you know, sometimes as, as a player, sometimes as a team, you have to go through the pain of maybe having a disappointing year to realize what you have to do or the team has to do to get to the next level. And as talented as Luca is, I think it's clear we can all watch him and go, he could be in better shape. Uh, he could yes, have a better demeanor on the court dealing with officials and getting b- back on defense. And he his potential is, is unlimited if he can look in the mirror and be honest with himself. And I think that's something that should be talked about more with Lucas. You know, it, for as talented as he is, it's he's had a disappointing year, I think. Yeah, I mean, look, it started out great because he came right out of Eurobasket and he was in shape, ready to go. But over time, I think the load got to him and you're right he does have to do a better job of taking care of his body it shows on the defensive end more than anything like he just doesn't have enough to be that level of offensive player and have enough on defense to play at even an adequate level look will he ever be like Michael Jordan and Kawhi Leonard are absolute anomalies in the way that they could be the best offensive player and the best defensive player obviously Michael Jordan did it for a longer period of time than Kawhi did it but Toronto Raptors Kawhi was just that now does Luca is Luca ever going to be that no but he has to be at least an adequate defender and get it in enough shape to be able to play both sides at a you know defensive side at a high level and then be an all-timer on the offensive side. You know, the Nuggets have held on to that number one spot in the Western Conference for quite some time. And last night, obviously what went down with them losing to Houston, Michael Malone not happy about it after the game, calling them soft. And we saw Jamal Murray get hurt early on in that one. Jokic only played 25 minutes, but like just not good performance from anyone with the Nuggets. Do you believe in them as a team and them possibly coming out of the West? Or are you still like, it's up for grabs for anyone? Well, I, I think both those things are true. Mm. I think I do believe in them, but I also believe in like seven other teams. So it's wide <laughs> open. But, you know, they have proven the most this season, right? More than any other team in the West. So I definitely believe in them, but it's just so wide open. And we never seen this much talent when it comes to like, Six through 10, right, in the West. Like, these teams are all really good, and some of them could actually win it all. So we never seen the West this wide open, but I definitely do believe in Denver. They made some key pickups in the offseason with Bruce Brown. They brought – I mean, they made a mistake letting go of GP2, but they got him back now, and he's going to help them. He's a little banged up. Wiggins coming back. Uh, but, you know, 
With Denver, I do believe in them. They have phenomenal offense. The question, just like the Kings with them, is the defense. Yeah. Do you see any, like, could you just envision, because you talk about this, uh, the West, do you see a world where the Kings could come out of the West? Hmm. Is it possible? It's possible. Hmm. And I think there's three keys. Okay. I think there's three keys to this. There is X factors here. And I think the obvious one would be Malik Monk. Like, everybody looks at Malik Monk as an X factor, right? He's coming off the bench. He can score in bunches. So if he plays well, that definitely helps. As I talked to you guys about in the beginning of the season, Fox. Fox is where the team goes. Now, we know the offense is going to be good. But can he lock in defensively, right? I think the defense for Fox is going to be huge because I think the offense will definitely be there. Sabonis is not an X factor to me. Mike Brown is not an X factor to me. They're going to both show up as their best player. Okay, you could say DR Fox is the best player and as their coach, right? So I think the other X factor on the offensive side of the ball is actually Keegan Murray mm. because while he has been great in the regular season, can a rookie contribute to winning in the playoffs in a way that could help a team win a championship. So I thought, I think those are the three X factors for the Kings to come out the West. I think that's fair, you know, and and Keegan, obviously with with the three point shooting, surpassing 200 made threes yesterday, doing it on over 40% three point shooting. But you know, it's more, it's fair. Like come playoff time. Like how, how is he going to embrace his first playoff experience? Well, and we've seen him at times, too, and we're not sure what it is at those moments. It's like, oh, is he feeling the pressure? Is he feeling um, like he is doing too much so he's not being confident and being aggressive? And that's the thing. You need him to have that same type of mentality that he's had throughout the regular season of, like, I make an impact when I have the ball in my hands. I make an impact when I am on the floor. So I need to make sure to stay just as aggressive. And combo, we've seen him stay aggressive. But do you think he has the? Do you think he's going to keep that same confident mentality going into the postseason? Then, or is that like a weird thing for rookies to do? I think it'll be tough because it definitely is a different dynamic in the playoffs. But from what he's shown, especially later in the season, right? He had a few hiccups midseason, but. For what he's shown, his development in a winning construct has just been amazing. And I think maybe he's not the rookie of the year because Paulo has been absolutely outstanding. But one thing he's doing that Paulo isn't doing is doing it in a team construct. His development is not only individual, it's as a team as well and how he fits into a team, which is just incredible for a player as young as him. And I would even go a step further now. So this time of year, uh, the Kings are usually looking at the draft more than the playoffs, which is great that you guys don't have to do it. But I would seriously consider drafting his brother because I think it'll be good for the vibes of the team. Look, when you get your draft pick, there might be a guy more talented than him out there. But I think the vibes are important. And his position is so coveted in the NBA. You need a lot of guys like Chris Murray's height, right? And we see how well... Um, Keegan has adjusted to the NBA. So I think it would bring them tremendous value to actually draft Chris and have that duo there. Right. I, I, I like where Kamba's going. I he, love he's, it. He's in the twin magic, like the Bella twins <laughs> used to have in the WWE, oh, right? God. Is that kind of where you're going? A little twin magic with Chris <laughs> and uh, Keegan. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm going. Did it you, was, you know what? Taxis was always <laughs> like tricky to figure out if the guys were actually related or not. Yeah. Right? Like that was always like a thing. Yeah. yeah do you, you watch fair? mania by the way? 
I did it, man. Yeah. I'm not. I'm it's more. Right. Reg- I'm more retro. I'm more retro wrestling guy. Yeah. Like I watch documentaries about the past. Mm. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really. I did not actually. I don't even think I watched any of WrestleMania. We, we had a. Re- didn't we have a wrestling conversation on your podcast? And I. I tried to drop like some Owen Hart take on you. Where I. Th- well, yeah. No, I. I actually asked you, you. So I started it. Yeah. Maybe it was the most underrated wrestler ever. Yeah. I think Owen. Owen Hart, yeah. dude. Love that guy, mm. man. Mr. I think Mr. Perfect is one of the most underrated. Mr. Perfect is great. I mean, the the old yeah. video montages where he used to was it? <laughs> I forget. He used always used to do it with like a Minnesota Viking or a Minnesota Timberwolf, where he yes. would throw the ball to himself like a hundred yards and go catch it, or he'd be like oh. so stupid. Mr. Perfect was the mat man. <laughs> Kurt Hennig. He was he was. He was absolutely perfect. You know what I mean? He, he was, dude. <laughs> dude, Combo, always good catching up with you. We encourage everyone to check you out. Combo's Core Podcast. I, and someone in their chat was mentioning um, you're on the – God, why am I blanking on it right now? Basketball. Uh, B-ball breakdown, maybe? Ba- yes, B-ball breakdown. And, uh, I got so, Coach Nick, yep. Coach Live shows Nick, all the time. dude. One of the OGs. Like, yeah, you're on that show all the time. And uh, people yep. in the chat were mentioning that. So – yeah, always good to have you on, man, and uh, hopefully we could chat with you again uh, throughout the playoffs. Maybe um, before the finals. Oh, don't do this before, to before us. Before game one, huh? Maybe, maybe uh, well, the way the way yeah. just jumped off his seat, dude. Don't get me fired up for a little NBA finals in Sacramento, the NBA world. Wouldn't know what Deuce was about to go off the top. Deuce was about to go off the top rope right now. You're oh, damn yeah. right. That would be amazing. <laughs> All right, man. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, man. Anytime. Talk soon. Appreciate you guys. Um, Bye, he's, Combo. He's great. Love his passion. I do, too. And any retro wrestling talk gets me. Oh, yeah. You and Chris can get into that. Owen Hart and Mr. Perfect. Can't hit that. Can't hit that. All right, coming up next, have a little story time with Chris Verlaud, baby. Oh, and uh, we'll get you ready for Kings and Mavericks. It's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports 1140. I got a baby if you give it to me I'll give it to you as long as you want Dude. you know I got it great song Deuce Mason Morgan Reagan Chris has been playing songs from 2003 can't believe it's taken that long 20 years ago was the last time yeah. before the Kings took care of business against the Pelicans yesterday and won the Pacific Division. Before we get to story time with Christopher Lod, let's check in with our buddy JR. Hi, JR. What's up, you sick goats? <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? Hey, Morgan sounded like Dracula made love to a lamb or something and produced that goat. What the yeah. hell was that? I don't know, that dude. Bad. I got to practice. I wanted a blah, ha, 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 whatever the hell was that. <laughs> Good bit. Good bit, RJ. What, what, what you got? What you got? What you got? We, we want the Warriors. This is straight up, and, and by the way, hanging the banner is going to be awesome. Nice to have it after 20 years. Some of us yeah. younger kids, some of us younger kids remember the days when we used to like burn Laker jerseys at the half court. Dude, we used to freaking hang out. By the out. way, it was great. You mentioned that that literally happened before a game. The Kings, like imagine, oh yeah, court, I was there. They burned yeah, there. a Lakers jersey. That would oh, never happen. You know the. No, they did a whole Mission Impossible. The Maloofs were in it. Jay Ross knows the history, and it was phenomenal. The whole crowd stood up. We never sat down. Phil Jackson looked like he was just going to freak out. And yeah. run. He was just – it was awesome. We should do it again. Um, but we want to play the Warriors. 
Why? So we can travel. So we can travel. We'll all go down 80 in a big old friggin' convoy. And take over the damn chase. Hell, I own half the chase center. Let's just go down there. Do you? Take it over. And own, yeah, sure. And obviously make our statement there, down there, and, and take the champs down and, and put them out of the misery. Because you got to take it They're kind of like a lamb. You got to take it first? They, Sure, I'll get you there. You guys, Morgan owns the city. What are you talking about? She like does her pregame there and then flies up on her Learjet into Mather or something. Yeah, or I my, you know, my car and have to be in the car for three hours of the day. But no, no, the jet sounds a lot better though. She Thanks. Down there and gets her, she gets her eyebrows done by some specialist in the city or oh, something. I wish. You, you wish. You guys rock. You are the goats. We're freaking Pacific. Win us, dude. We are champions of the Pacific. I love it. Champions. Yeah. The Pacific goes. Let's Bye-bye. all go dive in the Pacific Ocean today, huh? Yeah, no. To celebrate? No, sharks are are like up and like at sharks it. Sharks are good for the ocean. We need sharks. Oh, I love sharks. I'm just saying like that's not our. And like who are they going to bite? Like someone from L.A. or some idiot from the and, area. And yeah, I mean, that is true. But my point is like, don't be swimming in their space. You know, it's just the same thing with camping. Like you gotta be careful, careful with those, with those bears. Well, maybe there's going to be some bears appearing in today's story time with Christopher Lott, baby. We interrupt this program for an important announcement. It's that time of the day where Christopher Lott gives you the stories that you need to hear. Or maybe not. Time with Chris Verlade, baby. All right, how about we go to New Jersey? Bears? No bears today. Okay. I apologize. Uh, oh. No bears. Okay. Uh, let's go to New Jersey. This is courtesy of today.com. Mark Mangiardo, mm. he started his teaching career in 2005, two years after the Kings uh, won the Pacific Division. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Okay. During that time, people complained that he smelled like alcohol and had to discuss it with the principal. From 2012 to 2016, he was constantly being told that he smells like alcohol, but he denied the allegations. He eventually became an athletic director, but three weeks into his new job, he got pulled over and was charged with a DWI. He was given a second chance, but six months later, he was charged with another DWI and was put on administrative leave. At this point, Mark's wife thought he was living a secret life. Huh. She thought he was hiding his drinking because he would smell like alcohol and his speech would be slurred and he had balance issues. Mark went to a doctor and they ran a glucose challenge and discovered that he has auto brewery syndrome. Now, this is when the body takes sugar or carbs that you you eat yeah. and converts it into ethanol to where it's as if he's been drinking so during this test, within the first, he uh, had a sugary beverage, and within the first hour, he had a blood alcohol concentration of 0.14, which is about five to six drinks. What? So this is a thing. It's very rare, but it's a thing that happens. And from this, from this knowledge, he has cut down sugar. He's cut down carbs in his life, so he doesn't. He doesn't make himself drunk, basically. He carries a breathalyzer test with him, so he makes sure that he knows that he's not under the influence at the time. Yeah. But since then, everything's been great. What a weird, weird Eating, problem to have. You eat have. a piece of bread, and you're just, like, blacked drunk. out. Wasted. Blacked out. And, like, to not know... Okay, I'm sorry. And do you though. act, like, completely drunk, though? Like, yeah, it's, it's His words were slurring. He had trouble stumbling. balancing. Yeah. Wow. It was in his yeah. system. Wow. So, and what's bad is, like, he's telling his... People he work with, he's telling his wife, 
I'm not drinking. And they're just like, yeah, okay, come man. On, man. Yeah. 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 You have a problem. Go to rehab. And there's like, fine. But here's my thing. After the first, like, what what are those things called? DWI? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you, like, go get checked and be like, okay, this is a problem if, like, I'm driving and. <laughs> well, after the second one, that's what that's exactly what happened. I mean, it should hurt the first time, you know? Like, it's a little. So it, does he get those off his record? No, well, technically, he was driving under the influence. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was God. drunk. Too much bread. You know? And sugar. Oh, my God. Sugar? I would be like... Man was arrested after drinking a, or eating a half loaf of bread and <laughs> driving. Now we know why Morgan was going so crazy for that cookie. Yeah, dude. Yeah, cookie. I'm wasted off cookies. <laughs> uh, what's next, Chris? All right. How about we go to Canada? Yes. This is courtesy of the Business Insider. Great anthem. Canada has a super pig problem. That might also become a problem for the United States. So in the 80s, Canadian farmers started crossbreeding domestic pigs with wild boars when boars became like a big thing to eat in local restaurants. So they wanted to crossbreed them to make a bigger and more prolific swine, in their words, to sell to restaurants. The new pigs also grow thick, furry coats to survive cold Canadian uh, winters. But unfortunately, in 2001, the boar market collapsed in restaurants, and there was no need oh, for them. No. Unfortunately, these pigs got loose. They're going around the countryside, and these super pigs are stronger and more adept to get around fencing and are absolutely terrible for the environment. The pigs can grow well over 600 pounds oh. and eat everything in their path. They prey on frogs, salamanders, nests of ground-nesting birds like ducks and geese. And some have even found have been found with white-tailed deer in their stomachs. <laughs> okay, so it's a dinosaur. It's not a pig. Oh yeah, they go around destroying the land, digging up plant roots and everything else they can eat. Ryan Brook, who's a wildlife researcher, said they leave a trail of destruction that makes it look like a small bomb went off. The pigs also contaminate water that causes disease for humans. But now that we know what the problem is. How do you fix it? Do what? you kill the... That's so sad, but is that what you'd have to do? Like you have to hunt them? Yeah. yeah. Drone. Brooke says that we can't, quote, barbecue our way out of this problem. People have suggested that you hunt the pigs, but Brock says that pigs have two litters of six every year and reproduce too quickly for hunting to keep up with the pigs. I'm sorry. If you sent enough people out there to hunt, wouldn't it... This is I'd, Canada. This is in America. That's true. Do you want to solve the issue? Let's solve it. <laughs> yeah. Brad Miller comes in. Oh, my God. Brad Miller. Would... Oh, get Brad Miller. Brad Miller with <laughs> a helicopter. Him a helicopter. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Could know. Can you imagine just a, a whole bunch of boars just stampeding through your backyard fence? <laughs> Dude, it's scary. When you think about all these animal stories lately, it sounds like squirrels are yeah. chewing through wires. Boars are coming, going wild. And 600 pounds. 600 pound boars that are turning yeah. into dinosaurs. And then you got hippos, wherever that story was. You know what they say about boars, too? What are they good for? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Thank you. Very good. No. So now they're telling people to be on the lookout for boars in Canada and the United States. When you're being on the lookout, what is that like? What do you what do you do? You call for help. You say, "Hey, come kill this boar." What would you name a pet boar? Pet boar. Um, I'd go Al. Al, come here, Al boar. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> so 
stupid. It's okay. <laughs> it's so stupid. Did it take me for you to say it? Yeah, I know. I know. All right, final one here. United Kingdom. This Hello. is courtesy of The Mirror. Are you guys excited for Easter? No. No? I don't know. You guys don't have like a favorite like Easter snack or treat I can't, or whatever? Easter has always been so overrated. Chocolate bunny. Chocolate bunny suck. No one likes chocolate bunny. Champagne drunk. How's that? Yes. Okay. So in the UK, Deliveroo, it's kind of like their Uber Eats-like type of thing. Okay. They're hoping that you will have a new Easter tradition, a Southern Fried Chicken-flavored Easter egg. Oh, God. So starting tomorrow, the Southern Fried Chalkin, what they call it, will be available to order in London, Manchester, Bristol, Leeds, and Glasgow. The egg is made up of a double layering of chocolate and is coated with a layer of caramel-flavored chocolate. Then it is dunked in, quote, a savory, crunchy, and punchy outer shell inspired by southern fried chicken. The eggs sell for about four pounds and comes in a Deliveroo-branded box complete with a cutout in the shape of a chicken drumstick. I'm good. Four pounds in U.S. currency. What is that? Two fifty. six bucks. Okay. Oh, five bucks. Okay. I don't know know currency. No, you don't. Um... The dollar is always bigger than everything else, right? <laughs> yes. Um, are you trying it? You said. I if it was available here, I think I'd try it. I'm out. I would try it. So I'll just eat chicken. That's fine. I mean, I don't. I don't even like to eat any of that. But yeah, I'd, I'd try it just for fun. Yeah. Happy Easter! Champagne drunk and eating some fried chicken egg thing. That, was, that, was that sounds like a day. Time. What? That was a fun story time. That, that was very PG. Good yeah. job. Thank you. Yeah. All right, coming up next, we'll get you closer to Kings and Mavericks. Plus, Rami should be stumping by, too. We'll Rami! It's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports 1140 and sacktownsports.com. Juice Mason, Morgan Reagan, been playing songs from 2003 all day. Crazy. The Kings win the division for the first time since 2003. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, got our guy Rami here. They're coming up, Cal's and Rami, at 2 o'clock. By the way, we need to note this. What? Rami said he's going to let us know when he's got a, a stand-up game yes. coming up. He has one April 26th. Punchline. Punchline. Turn on your mic. Why don't I hear me? Yeah, yeah. Punchline with Lance Woods. <laughs> with Lance Woods? Yes, sir. That is so In cool. In Sacramento, yes. April 26th, yes, 7 sir. o'clock. Go online. Make sure you got your tickets, the time. It's a good venue, too. Yeah. So I, I love I, that venue. I did a uh, guest set there with Jay Moore once. That's right. And, uh, that was fun. Yeah. It was yeah. a very good room. Like that It's a room. cool room. Yeah. yeah. It's such a random location. You'd be like, why is this comedy club next to a mattress store mm-hmm. at this But point? they've developed it more <laughs> and better. more. It does. Yeah. I mean, ideally, I'd love for uh, that building to be downtown, midtown somewhere, but it's still a great venue. Obvi. I mean, every comic says good things about it, and that's yeah. cool. Yeah, no, and that shopping center has. And they bring growing. through great. They bring through like the biggest comics yeah, that, are, that are touring like the, right now. Everyone yeah. goes there. It's one of the it's best the spots. Spot. Yeah. Jesselnik was just there over the weekend. Yeah. Dude, we always hear Wait, Bobby. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we always I, hear Bobby Lee talking about Sacramento yeah. and Punchline as well. Yeah. That's true. Why are you laughing? Because the story he told on a well, podcast about is not uh, you know hanging out with an older woman. Yes, point. it's yeah. not for here. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, anyway, uh, Kings bounce back in a big way, and as low as I felt 
on Sunday after they lost the Spurs in the fashion they did, I was really impressed with how they responded. That was a good responded. bounce back. That was a good chaser. You know what I mean? You took like a really bad shot and it, and you got a tasty chaser like, like to what? just wash what, it down. What's, you know what I mean? What's, what's a bad shot I'm, for you? I'm, I'm, from, in... I'm from Chicago where they, for some reason, take pride in something called Malort. What you is ever this? Dra- and, and it's literally known oh, yeah. for being disgusting. That That's what it's known for. And it's a Chicago drink and Chicagoans, for some reason... Take pride in drinking it. Like you start your night with a shot of Malort, and I'm just not down for it. What's man. A, what's the chaser? How do you cleanse your you palate before? I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what yeah. kind of liquor or it's alcohol it is. Liqueur? I, is it a liqueur or is it just a? It's kind of like if you were to take Jägermeister and like bump it up to like thirty. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> or like or like uh, Fernet. That is like, a great way to put it. Yeah. Is it that thick? Yeah. It's, oh yeah. no, it's not really thick. It's like a it's like it's a shot. Yeah, it's just. I mean, yeah, yeah it's a normal shot, but it's not it's not good. I had it, and like everyone's saying, that's the worst thing you'll ever taste in the world. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. I think that was built up in my head so much that when I had it, like, it's like, eh, it's not, that's that, not bad. that bad. I've had worse. Yeah. So no, it's the, not good. The loss to the Spurs was worse than that shot for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Worse than the shot of Malort. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I just I really liked how they played, and I think the most encouraging aspect last night was just seeing what they were able to do defensively in that they game. They were active, because- man. They we were just all over really the place. Seen that from them. They were all over the place, which which is good to see. I, I hope Mike Brown doesn't have to call him soft every other playoff game hey. to Dude. get that out of them. You know what I mean? I know. But, but it was good. I know. It was good to see that. I like that, like, whatever he does say, they definitely respond to. For like, sure. that's been the good thing. There's always substance to it. There's always bounce back from it. But you're exactly right. It's like, why do you even have to get to that point? And especially on your home floor and they got home court advantage. I mean, they need to start losing so they don't have home court advantage. Yeah, I don't know how we can make them feel not at home. At home, so that yeah. you can get that, Boo so them. that you can get that performance out of them. I feel like, and I think I'd feel worse. What if in the pregame warmups they cheered the other teams' names? Oh and yeah, just make it opposite <laughs> everything. Yeah. Scott Moak makes it huge for the yeah. other team. Like the other teams, like wait, why are they There's doing like this? Like a light show, smoke. Is Honestly, going not off. a bad idea. It would throw the other team off so much. They have like pyro. It's like here are the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Reverse psychology. Yeah. Oh, I. love Flip it on Love him. it. Flip it on him. I've always thought about for like an opposing team. You know how everyone goes crazy when they're doing free throws? Yeah. If for somehow you could get the entire arena just absolutely silent. Like yeah. would that mess yeah. with it, them? I, well, I think for some it would be very like what just happened. But for others it would be very helpful. I hate loud people or especially when there's just one that sticks out. Mm. Like mentally I'm and not that's strong. that's annoying. You, yeah. I, I like group think loud. I don't like just a yeah. random loud guy. Yeah. yeah. No. Awful. I, uh, I feel like I'm right the, here, guys. I feel like the, um, <laughs> the good news with the Kings, like I know the home stuff has been disappointing, but I feel like that – that seems like something you could figure out. Like, if they were bad on the road, like the Golden State Warriors are, nine and whatever, you'd be like, oh, that's going to be tough in the playoffs. But you have to think they can get it together at home, right? If you can go win on the road and also be good on the road, where they're third, their second offensive rating and now eighth in defensive rating on the road, you should be able to apply that to the home floor a little bit. You would think so. But we're, what, 79 games in, yeah. Deuce, and this is still the case. This is still what's happening. You know what I mean? I don't think at this point we can go, ah, that'll change. Like, for better or worse. Yeah. You know, there are probably people who were expecting Domas or or, or or De'Aaron Fox to stop doing what they were doing and look like all NBA players at some point this season. 
But we're at the point where it's like, no, they're that good. You know what I mean? But yeah. when it comes to this home away thing, it says, I mean, until I see otherwise, it is what it is in terms of those home struggles. You guys mentioned the division championship coming yeah. out of the break. I asked JJ this the other day on the show. We didn't get into it with Nick yesterday. Um, are division championships a big deal no. around here? Because no, it's no, never no. been a big deal for here, me in the NBA. Let me explain. Please. Let me explain. Please do. 20 years, right? So even in the beginning of the season, we made Deuce and I were making jokes about like, ha ha, if they're going to be division champions, ha ha, you know, like not a big deal. (laughs) Now that we're here within this week in this special season, we're like, you know what? This is actually really cool. This won't be cool in another year. Not as cool. It won't be as um, special as it feels right now. But, you know, 20 years in the making until we're playing, you know, songs from 2003, 20 years ago. And we're like soaking in every thing that's factoring into this yeah, season that is special. It's just a milestone. You know, yeah. it's not a big, like, I, I, clearly a baseball division means more. You're popping champagne. I mean, you don't pop champagne in the end because I don't no. feel like divisions matter as much, but I still think it's a like, hey, you accomplished something. And I think, especially when you haven't made the playoffs in this long, appreciating the journey and like the different milestones is cool. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I get that. And yeah. I'm not saying anybody else yeah. shouldn't like celebrate it or For enjoy sure. it. Celebrate yeah, yeah. away. Enjoy away. And JJ actually made a really good point when we were having the discussion, which was look at this division. You know what I mean? Right, and, right. And, and nobody, ex- when you have Phoenix and, and Golden State and the Clippers, you got Hall of Famers on all those teams. You know what I mean? Nobody saw the Kings coming. So that, Grading it on that curve, right. I, I think, really says something. And also the fact that, yeah, it's it's been 20 years, and it's been a long, hard run just in general for, for Kings yes. fans. So celebrate everything. Enjoy it. I dude. guess. It Enjoy every little thing here along the way. It won't all be celebrated like this every year. And no. that's why we keep telling people, even with like the playoffs, we're just like, yeah, people are like, 40 wins, you're that exciting. It's like, y- yes, this, yeah. this season, but expectations, everything's going to change, and that's great it's going to change. Sure. Uh, what do you guys have coming up today on the Obviously, show? Obviously, we'll talk uh, a lot of Kings. We'll talk about last night's win. We'll talk about that defense. Can they keep dialing up that defense when they need it in the postseason? Also, uh, we do a little thing called Big Deal or No Big Deal. Uh, baseball viewership, way, way up. Big Deal or Ooh, No Big Deal. I think it's a big deal. Yeah? I think wow. it's a huge deal. I mean, it's. I think it's a better product to watch now because of it. Sped up. You can sit down and watch a game in two and a half hours. That's mm-hmm. huge, I think. Yeah. Committing yeah. committing that much time to anything, it doesn't matter if it's basketball, football. Well, football's, you know, only once a week or however, right. depending on what you watch People with your team. People carve out a whole day. Yeah. 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 But baseball, good job making it shorter. Good. Got to right. evolve it. Well, stay tuned, Cal's and Rami. Coming up next, you can listen, of course, 1140 AM on the free Sacktown Sports app. And dial in with YouTube, man. Get in the chat. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We love you guys, but we... Got to go. See ya.